made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways, I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation that we had about our revisit of Where Is Everybody, the the first episode of The Twilight Zone. And thanks again to Leanne of Security Universe for coming on. It was wonderful revisiting that first episode. And so I want to thank her again for coming on the show. Yeah, it's not often that we have guests, but she's been terrific uh, both times as she's been on. So she is definitely welcome back. Yeah, and you know, if it, people like you know, not that we we get to the end of the show here at the beginning, but like if you want to come on the show and talk about cool stuff, we're down to talk. It's just that with this being uh, an anthology based Twilight Zone mainly focused podcast, that's a mouthful. But dealing with the eighties Twilight Zone, we'll get to the second season soon. It's been a little like you know, it's who do you reach out to be like, hey, you want to talk about some Twilight Zone that people don't talk about? Cool, we're friends, right? You know, so <laughs> we'd like we'd like to have more guests, but we understand that sometimes it's a big ask. We'll just put it that and, way. And honestly, I the fact that that's that episode was cited as uh, somebody's one of somebody's favorite episodes, I, I'm more uh, willing to discuss something like that than you know, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, what is it to serve man again? Like like <laughs> Jesus like, Christ, yes. <laughs> no, but if somebody wants to say it's one of their favorite episodes, we'll do a revisit. That's fine. Like I mean. You know, like I, I, there's 130 some odd episodes we've revisited too. you know? So if there's something out there that people want to go back and check, uh, I am all it's, you know, the twilight zone clearly is one of my favorite television series of all time. Uh, good, bad, otherwise. Right. And yeah. so, so yeah, if somebody is like, Hey, I missed your conversation, you know, years ago about like X, Y, Z. Yeah. Let's get, let's get into it. We'll do it. Yeah, for sure. And then with probably a different critical eye than we we had in the first place. But, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to be much it, angrier it, it, now if it's a Hamner episode. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It is exciting to, uh, you know, kind of dive back into those those episodes and, you know, maybe see something that we didn't see before. But it, it is kind of discouraging and kind of like what you've said in the, pla- and in the past, like during conversation, that there is a an idea of what the Twilight Zone is for a lot of uh, people. And then there is like the true identity of what the twilight zone was and what the 162 episodes that it was so it's like it's like you see 10 episodes and you're like that's the best thing ever then you're like well wait a minute there's 152 153 other ones that maybe no one's really even brought light back to so yeah, yeah, I mean, that was that's, a lot of fun. Like, yeah that's what i'm saying like it's just it's again it's one of those things that like I, I'm, we're not gatekeepers it's like oh you're a twilight zone fan name your top five episodes that nobody else names like we're not going to pull that shit right but it's like right you know and i and, and and again with us going through 
uh, and taking some time away after getting through the first season of the eighties iteration, you know, like I don't, you know, there, I, the, the journey is worth it. Even if the moment to moment experience is not, I'll just put it that way. I guess maybe it's the best way to frame it, but we're in the meantime, we're still doing our detours. And so I gotta, I gotta do an apology to, to Terry and to everybody listening. Um, we said we'd be coming back the week after, where's everybody talking about the Wraith, which we're going to do tonight. Uh, 1986 is the Wraith. Cool movie. Watch it. It's 90 minutes. You know, is it, is it the best movie ever made? No, but it's worth your time for 90 minutes because it's equal parts interesting and nonsensical at times. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Great soundtrack, though. Um, so we normally record on Tuesdays. Um, so what happened was I was ready to go, had my notes, had everything ready, you know, watched my Wraith. Good to go. I uh, was wearing my Clint, Hour- Clint Howard outfit, ready to do it, right? Um, I uh, woke up at like 5 in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep on Tuesday. So then I'm like, all right, fine. I'm just going to start my work. I work from home. Took me 45 minutes to log into my work computer for VPN issues that were on the side of my company and not me. I did not know. Finally get logged in. And because I have to do a virtual presentation at nine in the morning. So this isn't an issue of like, oh, well, just go back to bed. Like I, I had to be awake. So I was already exhausted and tired, frustrated with my computer. And about an hour before I was supposed to present, my office chair broke. It just completely oh, failed, right? I'm, I'm a big dude, whatever. It's like, I understand. It's like, you know, you, you see those those um, images of people that end up riding those horses that become swaybacks because they got like a big person put on them too early, whatever. That, my my office chair had served, am, like, it's ser- we'll miss you, sir. Thank you for your service. Yeah, we're going right? to have like, a, a, a funeral power. Yeah, power right, because it's just like, dear, <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, we talk about, was it um, Sisyphus rolling that, pushing that boulder up? The, this chair did a lot of work, and it just failed on that day. And I'm like, no. So I had to go, I had to go grab one of my, um, one of my porch chairs, my folding chairs and bring it in here. Like I'm a professional and sit down, right. And go on camera and give a presentation. Like they couldn't see the chair, but I just, I'm glad that they didn't know. It's like, you know, I'm just sitting on a folding chair, you know, I'm cool, whatever. Right. So that, that went okay. And then I was just like mentally wiped out. It was like one thing after another. Um, so my apologies to everybody. It was just one of those things. By the time I got done with the first part of my day, I just, I was like, I can't, I'm not, I can't handle this right now. And I didn't, I didn't want to sit at an office, like, sorry, a folding chair and try to be comfortable recording a podcast. So forgive me people. Like, so yeah, it was, it was a rough morning. And then I told Terry, I was like, I can't do it tonight. And how often, how often do I tell you I can't do something? Oh, it's very seldom. I, I, and I, I completely understand. And if I, if I'm being honest, it kind of worked out because I was strapped the entire week with a bot, a bunch of other stuff um so it kind of worked out but you know uh, uh, our lawyer listeners uh, whoever you may be uh we are we do apologize but yeah, yeah. Uh, the circumstances were dire at that not, point. not dire but it was just like so because in, in my situation i'm actually glad that you pulled the you know pulled the because i'm i'm just like i just was done i was just like so mentally exhausted in that and i had so much stuff still going on. I probably was going to have to push back the recording an hour or so. Oh, so, and, and then my, my butt would have been deader and deader and deader sitting in that folding chair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it would, it, it would have come out. back from the afterlife seeking vengeance is what would have happened. No. Uh, so I do have, I, so there's another thing too, like <laughs> this is going to be the most boring conversation people were ever going to deal with. Um, I, I was like, well, let's go pick up another office chair the same day. It's fine. Um, I started looking online and it's like, oh man, like, cause I like in terms of like when I say office chair, like it, gaming chairs are more comfortable, right? Like I think they have a little bit more, 
you know, cushion and, and, and your air color guy yeah. too. So yeah, that's the other thing too. Like you've seen my desks. I have them set up high. Cause like I prefer it. Right. So, so I started looking and it's like, and there was like nothing like that was approachable until like, like except at like two fifty, two eighty. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is like the last time I bought chairs, they're like 130 bucks. Like, where are we at here? What happened? You know, like, I, like, this isn't, I'm like, I, it's like, it's not, it's not like inflation. It's not like supply chain issues. I'm like, what happened? So then, um, so we looked online and I found this, this, and you'll, you'll see it when you come over eventually. I found this white chair. So it's, you know, perfect. Right. Cause it's never going to get stained. Um, and, and, it had, and it's like, it was like, it was on sale for like a hundred and then it was like $3 shipping or no, it was something like, I'm just like, just, just we'll, we'll get it. So, so I was like, sight, like basically sight unseen. I'm like, fair enough. You know, so it's worked out. Thankfully also, by the way, it doesn't squeak like the other one did. Cause it was dying. So everybody look at that. I did an upgrade and you won't hear my chair at all. Hooray. Um, you might hear me smack the table on my mic stand because I'm unprofessional, but you know, at least, at least my ass will be nice. It'll be nice and, uh, real, like comfy. That's what people need to know. Right. I mean, you know, it, it does help with the experience, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that, that dude sounds like he's very comfortable. Com- he sounds very comfortable and not at all sweaty. No, but like when the office chair came, like came here, it was like five little balls of white that showed up all at once and it became the chair. And it's been like seeking vengeance for those that wronged me previously. I don't know if that makes sense, but anyway, so I just, I just want to see like little, uh, like silver lightning bolts on the side. Like it's grease lightning. <laughs> Yeah, you look at it and it's like it does, like you, you go to like check out like the lifting mechanisms and it, it's like this weird like like Clint Howard trying to look at the engine of the interceptor or whatever it is in the movie where it's like this doesn't look like an engine. Yeah. This thing is uh it is born of unholy fires. No, it's born of me breaking my other chair and me not wanting to spend three hundred dollars on the same goddamn thing. So anyway, long story short, just sorry everybody. Got delayed. Well, I'm, I'm a tech I'm a, I'm a trash broke, picker, so yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. so there's nothing interesting about my scenario. When I get a broken thing, I find another possibly about to break thing. So, oh no, yeah. no, no, I I agree. Right, that I tried that. Like my my wife, she recently switched office chairs, right? And I was going to take the gas cylinder out of her other one and to switch it onto like to one of the other ones I had. And for the life of me, I couldn't get it disengaged. And so I had like like three broken chairs in in my office. Like I was like that guy with like like freaking cars on the front lawn, right? And varying de- like it was you never saw it because when you came over, I cleaned up, right? But it was like it was like the like the office space version of white trash of me having like various broken office chairs in my office because because I, I kept banging on it trying to like you know it was it was like um you know <laughs> a graveyard of office chairs. In my office, I, I, I actually imagine more of something like, uh, you know, Toxic Avenger, where he has like misplaced items, like kind of attached to each other, and it's like that's my furniture. You know, <laughs> I live in this garbage <laughs> dump. <laughs> there was a, there was an episode of Night Court uh, where people went over to visit Bull. The he was the, the bailiff. I don't know how much you know about Night Court. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Night Court. Okay, well, just I know that we have an age difference, right? But there's a bit where they go over to his house or his apartment, and they go to sit on his couch, and they're all like, "Ugh, what is this?" And it was covered. And like they pull off the cover, it was poured concrete in the shape of a couch. <laughs> well, yeah, that definitely sounds like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like like for me. It's like, what do you want to do, Paul? It's like I don't know. I'll just I'll just I'll just pour concrete and make a chair. It's fine, 
you know, anyway, so That's awesome. yeah, sorry. Anyway, everybody forgive me. I had to get that out. And like, and Terry didn't know why, like I was just, and I was miserable and also leading up to the, so I was already mad. Right. Cause I had to like, cause I broke the chair and everything was going, I was tired. And then, uh, my my coworker that was like in charge of me doing the press, like I was presenting, but they were overseeing it. They're like, they're like, I think the icebreaker I want to go with is what makes you happy. And I'm just like, whatever you want to do is fine by me right now. Like I was the least happy at the moment. Like I was so annoyed. I'm like, you don't want to ask me what makes me happy right now. Cause I, you know, I'm sitting on a folding chair, like, and wondering what I want to do next with my life. So anyway, the Wraith, let's just talk about it. Yeah, Let's yeah get into I, it. I, I think we're ready, dude. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's taken us two weeks to get here. Yeah, I know. Everybody's but. like, they're like, yeah, two weeks and like 13 minutes. Get on with it. I understand everybody. So the Wraith uh, release date was November 21st, 1986. Uh, I realized that we've covered November uh, 86 already with our, our 80s first season. So go back, find that. Like, I just figured it would be the same thing we talk about. So I just skipped over day and date. Forgive me. Um, but let's get into who did what here. Okay, so our director and writer, um, which we don't see very often, uh, is credited to one person here. Uh, we got Mark, Mike Marvin. Um, he did. <laughs> so these are the the best I could do for credits here. Um, he was the writer of the movie Hot Dog the Movie, and then he was the director of Hamburger the Motion Picture. Yeah. So those those are like yeah, they're they're both different movies in the sense. Well, one you know hamburger hot dog whatever but hot dog the movie is a ski movie right um <clears throat> he actually uh was one of the first people to spark spark like the extreme skiing films because he actually made a bunch of like short films or like like more like documentary style like of like the like the downhill skiing like extreme thing that <clears throat> kind of birthed that subgenre in the 80s of the ski film he actually did like the sports side of it and was actually like one of the people that helped do the, the skiing scenes and better off dead. So I was just going to ask that yeah. question if he had had any uh, kind of part in that. Yeah. So he actually has a much more background in like, you know, what we would call like what, like, you know, like uh, extreme sports now, but he was kind of one of those guys that inadvertently birthed that type of thing. Uh, hamburger, the movie. I, I do remember seeing the cover as a kid. I'm sure this, like there's this whole like screwball comedy, sex comedy shit that happened all the time. Uh, we're both part, we're both fans of it. We understand that none of this has aged well, but time and place. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I, I just imagine like, especially with the titles of these two films that somehow meatballs was still a part of this kind of sub genre, like food movies, food but, movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> Pierogies, the movie. I don't know. Uh, just, anyway. Uh, yeah, Made in Cleveland. Made in um, Cleveland, right? No. So I want to point out, you probably didn't go uh, like further down the line. This was produced by Buck Houghton, um, which we just talked about uh, our last episode. He was the producer with Serling on the first three seasons of the original Twilight Zone. Yeah, I forgot to put that in my notes, but I did read that uh, amongst uh, my yeah, that's uh, kind of cool. There's here. there's gonna be another connection here later that's not Twilight Zone related, but something that's gonna, you're gonna be like, oh, well, that's kind of weird and dumb. So yeah, let, let's go on to our our cast here. Yeah, so our cast is uh, uh, led by uh, Charlie Sheen here. Uh, so he plays two different characters. We'll we'll name one uh, so we can make it kind of like ambiguous and why the other one is. A little, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, Jake, he plays Jake. Uh, he is uh, uh, pretty famous. I don't know how many people don't know him from stuff like Platoon and Major League. 
Um, but he was, you know, in a lot of episodes of Two and a Half Men. But one that I want to have a future discussion with you about is The Arrival. I'm not sure if you've ever seen I've it. I've seen The Arrival. Um, it's very interesting film. I don't want to say it's a great film, but it is a very interesting No, it's film. an interesting film, and I don't like that the message, or sorry, what's going on in that is a kind of self, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways. Now, it's even much more... Uh, yeah, we could talk about the arrival at some point. Yeah, very uh, sweaty film. Too. Yeah, very sweaty. Uh, it seems yes. like that we cover a lot of sweaty films. So yeah, so that, that one should be in there. I do want to mention though, as we come into this um, with 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 this film, because we know Charlie. I mean, Charlie Sheen. Everybody knows him. Winning, right? Whatever. Uh, you know, Tiger Blood. Yeah, Tiger Blood. Yeah, yeah, which is full of HIV. We know that. So um, yeah. before this, though, uh, he was in Red Dawn in '84. He was in an episode of Amazing Stories, and he was he had a bit role in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is very famous. We know his, I, lo- I uh, love that scene. Yeah, and I love that he was like he made <laughs> himself stay awake for like forty eight to seventy two hours to just be completely like just out of his mind doing that. Um, so then he was rising as somebody. Right? He yeah. would he would do this film. We'll talk about. He said he showed up for twenty four hours, and it's evident he showed up for twenty four hours in this film. Um, which, by the way, how they able to plan out shooting him, getting in him into this movie is crazy in terms of continuity. But he was on his way to go shoot Platoon at the time. Mm-hmm. So he was he did a stop over here, went to go shoot Platoon, which would like skyrocket him. And then the next year he would do Wall Street. So we don't need to go into his career blow, blow by blow. But I just want to point out like his ascension. And he did the Wraith in the meantime is like a one off. Yeah. And, and, you know, Major League, obviously around that period of time, too, in his career. I mean. When you're the son of Martin Sheen, uh, things are happening for you. I yep. mean, the fact that his brother was such a great actor as well. And he actually uh, played in uh, a, a few films with uh, Emilio Estevez. Um, he had a spot role in uh, Wisdom, which is an incredible film. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Men at Work. Men at Work. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Keith David is in it. Please, if, if anybody likes dark humor, I've, I've seen the movie. It's been forever, though. I, I, I just, oh my yeah. god, it's it's hilarious. Well, I've just more recently revisited it with uh, my wife, and oh my god, we were in tears. <laughs> yeah, no, Charlie Sheen has chops, and like you know, what say what you want about him. I mean, he feels after his kind of like crazy period there, it feels like he's kind of like gotten back on track and is like a lot more subdued now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he had his moment of like, oh you know, winning and whatever. And like, cool, you're psycho now. But he also has comedic chops because like, for goodness sakes, like um, you say what you want, maybe that hot shots and hot shots part deal are lesser like Zucker films. They're still pretty great. Right. Like, and it's just, he, you know, him playing topper Harley, which is basically him doing Tom Cruise from top gun. And those is a lot of fun. And he even showed up in like the third scary movie, um, uh, which is the one that like was sorry was the third one whatever it was he played he was basically playing the priest character from Signs he's pretty good in that too that movie's not great but he has good timing so I do appreciate that some ways well rounded in terms of like you know comedic chops and dramatic chops yeah so um next we'll get into uh our uh, uh kind of our our bully here uh, we get a uh, Nick. Cassavetes. Cassavetes. Yeah. Cassavetes. Uh, yeah. Uh, here we go again. Can't pronounce names. Um, well, uh, yeah, come on. Come on. It's not, it's not the most normal. Like, sorry. Not normal. It's, it's an uncommon name. How many other Cassavetes do you know? I, I no right. one. Oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, he plays Packard. Uh, he was in mask, uh, not mask with Jim Carrey, but the one with Cher and uh, yeah, uh, Eric Stoltz. Film. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, he was also in Face Off. And the astronaut's wife, which I have not seen, but I've heard good things about. So he, but he's also had like a, a pretty prolific career as a director. Uh, he directed The Notebook, right? I've not seen, but I know a lot of people like the film. Uh, and then he uh, also his newest film that he directed is called, it was from 2023 this year, called God is a Bullet. That's not gotten the best reviews, but he's went on to direct some interesting films. And he was the co-writer uh, for Blow. Um, uh, you know, the one with, uh, was it, was a giant, Johnny Depp, Depp and Paul and Rubens uh, was in it as well. Like, you know, gone too soon. Um, what is it? Penelope Cruz is in it, I yeah. believe as well. Yeah. And then he also here, we, this, this ties back into, um, so oh, something I was mentioning, um, on my other show invasion, uh, the podcast, when I was talking about the, the first haunted mansion film with, uh, was it Jennifer Tilly, how she actually did real well in the world uh, series of like world poker tour or world series of poker. Cassavetes also finished fifth place in the world poker tour invitational season five. I don't know what it is about like, Hey everybody, I'm an actor and a director. You know what? I'm going to go play poker. I mean, good on you. Like if you got the money and you got the time and skill, congratulations, smarter and better than me. Well, if you know how to act, uh, that might actually help with your poker face. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Because he's just going to be like, listen, I'm going to have my hair do the acting for me. Like, like, like I will just, he's supposed to be the bully of this. It's just like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he looks like, he looks like the, the, the friend next door. That's like the goofy sidekick, but he's supposed to be the most like menacing guy here when he's not stabbing his hand with a knife. Anyway. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> His hair is more menacing than he <laughs> yes, is. <it's> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, we have uh, Sherlyn, 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 Sherlyn Finn. Yeah. Sherlyn Finn. Uh, she plays Carrie in this. She, uh, I think she's most famous for doing Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. which that is something I really do need to get into. That is a, uh, you big, know, it's a, a big blind, blind spot for spot me as well. Me. Yeah. But uh, uh, she was uh, in an episode of Tales from the Crypt as well. But the thing that I recognize her from immediately, and I believe that this, this film was released one year later after doing this role, but she was in just one of the guys. Another kind of sex comedy from the 80s. Um, I love this film. <laughs> it's like, and I, I can't justify some of the crap that goes on in it, but you know that's how 80s films are, especially a sex comedy film. So, so like, that one or Wildcats, where do where you, where you land on those? I've not seen Wildcats. But you know what I'm talking about with, um, oh, um, oh shit. Um, oh, what's her name? She is of coaching a high school football team. Oh, it is oh yeah, yeah, Goldie yeah, Hawn. Yeah, yeah. Goldie oh, Hawn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've yeah. seen Wildcats. Yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson. Um, yeah. Wesley Snipes. They're yeah, both in that too. Film. Okay. All right. I didn't realize. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, it's like yeah. a high school team that she takes over. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, all right. So things mentioned about uh, Sherilyn Finn, uh, 1990 us magazine shows her as one of the 10 most beautiful women in the world. And 1991 people magazine shows her as one of the 50 most people, beautiful women in the world. I'm like, come on us magazine and people magazine, get your shit together, figure out what's up going on. Anyway. Um, one of her quotes is the world has certain rules. Hollywood has certain rules, but it doesn't mean you have to play by them. And I don't, and I'd, I'd rather be, or I'd be a miserable person. Meaning she just didn't want to be typecast as beautiful like rightfully so right like her and i also do argue like charlie's there on right is like i just don't want to be beautiful like i want this is my craft i want to be challenged i want to work as an actor right so that, that, that's a good one to bring up too because she has definitely broken that mode yeah but it's like at the same time it's like you know like 
she like she knows her value in terms of being like a performer, but she's like, I just don't want to be like shelved as like beautiful, right? Mm. So like that's like I could understand with her like Sherilyn Finn as well. Um, and then was it here? Other things I <laughs> point out. She dated Prince for a short time in '85, and then Johnny Depp the same year, which Johnny Depp was actually on set for filming this. He was like just hanging out in the hotel. He was yeah, he was bum. like living with her yeah. while. And it, which is kind of interesting too, because he was um, thought of for doing one of the two leads here. Yeah, like they actually thought about, like, oh, you know what, this young dude here, yeah, <laughs> like just keep him away from the wine. Call. We're good, we're good. No, but like, because he was he was you know starting to get into like his I know like Nightmare on Elm Street was his first debut like big thing, and he was like eventually he would like well shortly would be in Twenty One Jump Street. But anyway, Correct. just pointing that out. So that yeah, that's what I have for her. There was. Her Wikipedia page has a lot more about her challenging the norm in terms of like what Hollywood expect of her in terms of being like beautiful and available. Um, it's it's worth the read. Um, I'm not going to do it justice, but please check that out. Um, I think that she is um, given nothing here to do, <laughs> honestly, but she did much better after this. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we, uh, we get into our next cast member, which I believe a lot of people would know again, uh, Randy Quaid is in this film, like, and I think he, he tries to live large in his film. And I, it's just, it, when you think about all of his other roles, this doesn't even compare. Uh, obviously I think the, the vacation films would be the first thing I have to bring up here. You know, the shitter is fool. Like that, he is. Uh, you know, he's the the cousin Eddie. You know, like good lord. Yeah. So, um, uh, 1990 Us magazine shows him as one of the most beautiful people in the world. I'm kidding. No. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> cousin Eddie, or <laughs> no, no, it's Randy Quaid. No. Uh, so no, no. Uh, and, and, yeah, and cousin Eddie. You know, like um. Anyway, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, and then otherwise, uh, we have to bring up Kingpin because he's great in Kingpin. No, just and it, yeah, somebody that has comedic chops. We talked about, and he would actually be. More more comedic later that's not where he was here at the time meaning like i'm cutting off i apologize um his first majorly uh, critically acclaimed role was in a film called the last detail uh, in 73 he played uh, a young united states navy sailor on his way to serve um, some sentencing for petty theft nicholson starred as a sailor assigned to transport him to prison quaid was nominated for best supporting actor uh, an oscar at the time so you know like he had chops, right? And then, yeah, and here, and Midnight Express. I mean, we can't forget about that film mm-hmm. either. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've heard, wonderful. I've heard of it. I have not seen Midnight Express. I'm sorry, Terry. I apologize. I want to just. Oh, I have to, I have to, oh, you have to see that film. I. Uh, it, it is just like it's really. Kind I've heard of like I've heard nothing but good things about it. Randy I just Quaid yeah. is in that film. Yeah, I've just not seen that one. But yeah, uh, but yeah, did, um, Randy Quaid is uh, um, cousin Eddie in the Vacation series. The, the 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 I will argue the first four films. I I think he's fun in Vegas Vacation. Come at me, everybody. Um, uh, he knows what movies he, he's in, you know. Um, and I'd also say that he played a variation of that character in the Richard Pryor film Moving. It, it's that that movie is hysterical beginning to end. If people have not seen it, just this do this. If you want to laugh, just like stupidly the entire time, it's a fun movie. But yeah, yeah, and also um, uh, Independence Day, you being like the was it the guy that nobody believed him when he said aliens abducted him, <laughs> like and then aliens show up, like you know he has that very heroic moment at the end of that movie. Like I I like Randy Quaid. I am just my heart breaks that. 
how um, troubled he is now, and he does need help. But he's a yeah, very talented individual. And, and, yeah, it, it is. A, it is a shame that he's kind of went the direction that he has. Um, him and his brother are great actors. I, I mean, oh Dennis yeah, Dennis Quaid's great awesome. too. Yeah, but you just notice how Dennis Quaid's is like, I'm not. Shh, shh, shh. We're not gonna. We're not gonna talk about the, the. We're not gonna talk about the Randy Quaid of it all. You know, like. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, who who else? I don't know who else you got into. I have a, I have a few more notes. I know that the, the cast. Is I got more, I got yeah. I got five more here, okay. and we can kind of blast through any more of them that okay. you have. But yeah, Matthew Barry, because I want to get the gang in here. Mm-hmm. I got Matthew Barry playing Billy. He was in Ed Wood. He was also in Con Air, which won't be the last time we mention this. He was also in Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. Um, we and then we have. Uh, David well, Trill. Matthew Barry, he's, though, was also he's been he was the casting director for a lot of Cassavetti's films, so that's cool. Uh, he was also in Freddy versus Jason, but they he it looks like he and Nick Cassavetti's like formed a friendship here, and he would actually go on to help him behind the scenes in casting some of his films. So continue, yeah. yes, yeah, you can kind of tell because uh, some certain other people are involved with some of those projects, but um, yeah, say so. Uh, David Trill, like I mentioned, he plays Skank. Um, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the film. Uh, he was also in Major League Two, and he was in The Arrival as well. Oh, so I didn't know about The Arrival. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I, I have here, I, I meant to write Mars Attacks, but I wrote in my notes as Mart's Attacks, like as in like the Quick Mart or like the 7-Eleven is attacking. So anyway, yes. <laughs> but yeah, and then we have uh, Jamie Bozini. Bozian? Bozinin? I think it's Bozian. Bozian? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he plays Gutter Boy, which these names, what the hell ever. Uh, but yeah, we have another Con Air connection there. So he was in Con Air. So you're you're going to tell me, wait, these names, but like this is the crow before the crow. And Dude, the, the- all right, there we go. <laughs> you made a note uh, come up before I was going to make the note. Um, okay, yeah. But <laughs> like you talk about the gang names, come on. And one of them's literally yeah. named Skank. Come on, right? Dang. Like. Hey, Skank, that's Skank right there. Yeah. Skank is dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, right. T-bird. Skank is dead. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So continue, please. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I have two more here. Uh, Clint Howard, uh, I, I think we'd be remiss to not mention him as Rughead. <laughs> Rughead here. Uh, he was in The Waterboy, Rock and Roll High School, Evil Speak. And of course, he is the Ice Cream Man. This dude is known for so many different roles. He's usually the dude that just shows up in a film. But this guy's a child actor that carried yes. on a career so, and in, in the shadow of his brother, of Ron Howard, <laughs> which, I we, mentioned. which we talked about recently, right? Because I mentioned the Roger Corman like thing about like, you know, like being a movie and direct a movie, right? That ties into this, too. So first, Clint Howard in 66, uh, he appeared um, in the Corbinite Maneuver, um, which is the Star Trek episode, the original series. And, and then um, it was not the first episode broadcast. It was the first episode of the season to be produced after the pilot. Um, so that's interesting. But then he would go on to be in other Star Trek stuff. He's currently, he plays in the most recent Star Trek series, Strange New Worlds. He's in two episodes of that. So that's cool that he keeps showing up. I think that's, you know what? You know, awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, he was in Eat My Dust, which was the film that Ron Howard agreed to star in in order to direct a film. So I thought that was funny. Uh, Clint Howard was an episode of Night Gallery, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. Hooray. Um, I have not seen Apparently it. he's in four as well. So okay. I don't know. Sure. I have not seen two, three, or four. Or five, or five right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and you mentioned Ice Cream Man, the water boy you mentioned. Also, have you ever seen the Key and Peel skit where they're being like the fitness dancers? I have not seen that oh, one. It's this whole thing. Like, like 
if you watch, it's like this whole thing where it's like this big routine with this music playing. And like, it's like this whole thing that's, it used to be like in the eighties, like these fitness competitions, like there's a, a specific music. Once you hear it, you're like, Oh, I get it. And Clint Howard plays the guy with the cue cards, like, like writing notes down for, um, Key's character being like, Hey, I have to tell you, and he's writing all these, these cue cards. He's like, um, your wife and, and kids were in a car crash. They didn't make it. And he's like, and you see, and he keeps putting on the notes, keep dancing, keep dancing and telling key to keep dancing. And Jordan peels beside him the entire time smiling. Uh, it gets way more sinister <laughs> along the way. It's a wonderful, you want to talk about dark skit, but like just with Clint Howard, like writing these notes down and making hand motions of like, just keep dancing. Even though I keep giving you worse and worse information as you're live on TV. It's, it's really funny. So, um, yeah, anyway, so any other, any other people here? Yeah. Uh, Griffin O'Neill, uh, he plays Augie. Uh, he was in April Fool's Day, um, and ghoulies go to college. Uh, April Fool's Day is a lot of fun. Um, it is a slasher film that may very well surprise you in how it's set up. Uh, that is a, it's not just a clever title. I've been, that's a film I've been championing for a long time. And it's finally getting notoriety. Uh, but yeah, please, if you are a slasher film guy, horror film guy, 80s horror, uh, please uh, check that film out. I, it is a lot of fun. I remember watching as a kid. I don't remember thinking anything about it other than the cover art with like the, the ponytail. Yeah, it's pretty it's iconic with the, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool looking image, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay, I have a couple other people here. Um, <clears throat> we have uh, Krish Nass as Minty. He was also the gang too. He's the one episode of Afraid of the Dark, Phrase Nightmares, Amazing Stories. Um, Jerry Sudson as Red. I forget who he was in the movie. He's the associate producer on the film, uh, mainly behind the scenes and production work later on. Uh, anybody else here? We have um, Stephen Eckhold as Boy in Daytona. Couple episodes of Friends, Two and a Half Men. Again, Charlie Sheen connection. Uh, Liz Kern as Girl in Daytona. That, that's the car at the beginning. When they're both racing. That's the car. Right. Sorry. That's what's yeah, yeah. like the yeah, first yeah. five minutes yes. of the film. Uh, she was in night of the creeps intruder, yes. which is the film that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were in, but that was not directed or produced by them. And then what else do we have here? Richard Alexander is Sandoval six credits, raising Arizona bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I mean, if you're going to only act six times, you get those two good call. Uh, Christopher Bradley is Jamie iron Eagle wax work. Um, and then anything oh, good else? One. Yeah. Anything else here? Work. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just, I, I, I like some of the, let's put some of the names here. A guy at zoo burger stand waitress on roller skates, Tina falls, you know, <laughs> falls, fall, fall. We're going to say falls because it's not a beach. It's like, Hey, what, what, what if we're just all around like the sharpest angles ever? And we're just going to hang out. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're 40 minutes in here. We're going to get into the wraith. Um, I know we do normally a blow by blow. I don't know, man. Like one people, Stop. Watch the movie. It's available in like a lot of um, different like free to stream services, right? Like you can watch this with ads on pretty much everything, right? I don't know how you watched it. Um, I had the Blu-ray, but like my second time through picking up like clips, photos, and like audio, I did use like, was it like Tubi or Pluto? Like you can, you can, this movie is readily available to watch. Yeah. I, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Um, so it looked, it looked good. Um, yeah, I didn't have any interruptions or anything like that. Yeah. So 
yeah, it kind of worked out. Yeah, but even if you watch it with ads, whatever. So, um, yeah, like, so I guess the big thing with me is the beginning of this where we see, like, like we get like, oh, shit, it's the nighttime in, like, the desert and, like, you know, whatever. And we see all these little balls of light running around going along the roads and then they form the car, the Wraith, right? And we see the Wraith, who's a dude in, like, He's wearing like a racing helmet, like like a, like a motorcycle helmet, and he's covered in like um um I don't know braces, like like there's like gadgets. What do you want to call them? Like supports on his arms and legs. And he has a cool looking gun, and it's like he's here. And then we don't go back to him for a while. Like <laughs> it's like yeah, cool. it's, it is a really interesting setup for how the film starts. Uh, I will say that I'm very really like confused about the five star things, I guess are supposed to be stars or whatever the hell orbs of some sort. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? I just, I think, okay. Why are there that many? That's completely fair. So I think we'll get into that. According (laughs) according to the director, which by the way, I I apologize to everybody. I had a week off. I know I had to recover over breaking my chair. Um, There's a director's commentary on the Blu-ray I didn't get to. So I do apologize that his explanation for that. And then when we see the character having like this additional metal, like supports on his arms and legs, which are a thing, these braces, right. That we see on the character. I I, I mean, it's kind of like, if you could think of, um, uh, Forrest Gump and kind of like the leg brace yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So that's he, what he has over this uh, tracksuit type thing. So I think that like, I think that those orbs are going to mirror like the people, the, 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 those that have to pay. Right. I think that I think so. Like meaning like the, like this is justice incarnate, like in terms of the wraith showing up. Um, and I think the one that gets away, it, well, we'll talk about it. It's like one of them is part of it, but not really. So, but we see five points joining to cause the, the, the wraith to appear. So I think it's one of those things. It's like, Oh, this is the injustices like this, like these, this is, um, almost similar to like demon, like was a demon 79 where it's like, Oh, here's the targets. You have five, right? I think that's the vibe of that. It's not quite like the problem with this film is that it doesn't like, it doesn't have to explain everything. It could explain something. You know, like, so anyway, so the Wraith appears, but then we end up meeting, um, we end up meeting Packard and his crew. And the, by the way, all the cars in this movie look pretty badass. Let's be like all of, even like this gang, there's like four, four, four different cars. They're all different eras. They all look really cool. They really, really do. And yeah, they're totally eighties tr- versions of like the cool cars. Yeah. But I mean, there, there is a stingray in here too, that like the stingrays were awesome car yeah. back in the did you like too. did you like that car with the the uh, was it the turbocharger that didn't move on the, the top of it like it actually it was a non-functional turbocharger um uh, but but i like that there was like this like um these group like there these these guys that would go they basically were a roving chop shop they would like track down like cars like we mentioned the dodge daytona uh which is like an elongated you know um was it it was like basically like it was it was like oh, definitely a fast car, right? But you look at it now, you're like, nah, that kind of looks like a Ford Escort that just got like flattened out a little bit. Anyway, but the opening sequence of him, uh, Packard challenging uh, the people in this this other Dodge to a road race, being like for pinks, or if you don't race me, we're going to violate your girl repeatedly, which is very upsetting. Uh, you know, like and all then and even more so now. Um, that's a cool sequence. I also like the idea that it's like, where's law enforcement? We don't see law enforcement for 30 minutes into this film. 
Like, it's just like, oh, cool. There's no law here. We get roving bandits stealing cars at will. Interesting setup. I'll, I'm with you so far, Phil. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's interesting in the like how we have like these bad guys, and again we're going to the trope they're punks because uh, you know back in the eighties every bad guy had to look like a punk, um, which I know a lot of punkers they're not bad guys or bad girls either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Sorry, by the way, it like, was four balls of light. I made in my notes it's four, so that makes more sense four versus five because we'll talk about that. Limbs, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's just like. So we get the guys that are all like punked out. They got the weird hair. They they're drinking weird shit. Um, <laughs> like motor oil, <laughs> antifreeze. Like oh, it hits hard. I'm like it's poison. You know, yeah. like it's. I mean, it's one thing to be like I'm gonna huff gas. I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> what I'm not speaking Wait, about what? the I'm not speaking <laughs> about the tenets of huffing gas. Please don't get me understood. Like, but it's like. I understand there's actually a high there. We have impressionable listeners. Yeah, Paul, that's so, what I mean, so. you know, like, I mean, just, you know, whippets are okay in, in moderation. No, what I'm saying is, um, no, I'm saying like, I just don't understand. Like with that character, um, he was just like, Oh, I'm just going to drink what it's like, Oh, this, this, you know, this Ajax hits hard. It does, you know, like this, yeah. <laughs> this Drano, Oh, this Drano burns. It does, sir. You know, like, but I have know. like a weird, like sense of like, um, weird science going on here where like all of a sudden the, like the mad max yeah. looking mamma jammas come in and they're like, we're scummy and we're going to take your girl and then we're going to take your car. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I do like the setup for the beginning of this film feels way darker than the rest of the film. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. And it's like, but so the, it's like, yeah. I was expecting something way sleazier and darker than what I got for the rest. Like well, the we, other 95, we, we, we get the flashback film. of what happened. That's pretty messed up. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to excuse that either. Cause yeah. that's part of the 5% of like, the skeezy <laughs> part. Yeah. But like, yeah, but like, and it's smoky and dirty, but like all the rest of this film, looks so clean and yeah. so bright it's very yeah, yeah that's fair and we'll we'll talk about how like most of the action happens in the daytime which is a um it's a choice i'm not against it it's a choice though right so anyway so then yeah so the whole thing with the the dodge the the race there how eventually packard like cheats to win and of course he is he's an asshole right like everything's mm-hmm. already stacked against this dude in his car anyway and so they get that dodge um, and then we get like, uh, we'll talk like the, here, let's talk about the soundtrack here because, oh yes, this, please. yeah, please this, you, I, I'm sure a lot more of this pot for you than me. I'm not saying I, I, the soundtrack's a lot of fun, right. In terms of the, the licensed music in this, not the score, the score's okay. Right. But the licensed music that they have in this you for, cause I mean, I understand that this was a, a film that was released in theaters and had a certain budget. I don't know you could get away with this now in terms of like licensing for like specific songs in a film of this. uh, Like if you, if you did an adjustment for today, like this is really low budget. You could not get away with the amount of music in this. Oh yeah. And this kind of was a thing back in the eighties. I mean, there was a lot of like lower budget uh, films that had amazing soundtracks in the eighties. I mean, one that I always have to go to is trick or treat. I mean, that, soundtrack is actually like it's unavailable and the film has been in limbo for the longest time because they can't get the rights to distribute the movie because those those songs are in it Mm -hmm. like people caught up with it they're like oh shit what are you doing you can't release this film because we want to make money off of this 
but yeah, like the soundtrack has some real bangers on it. And at least you have some um, bands and artists that participated on so many other 80s soundtracks. So you're like, holy shit, I know who that is. So uh, first and foremost here, we got Ozzy Osbourne. You know, a, a track off of Ultimate Sin with uh, Secret Loser. Now, again, it's a ridiculous kind of title, but it is a it's a pretty good jam. I think this is, um, yeah, this is post-Randy Rhodes. But, like, uh, you know, that's a good song that's on here. Motley Crue with Smoking in the Boys' Room is on here. We got some Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. Uh, you got Lion. Lion is on here. which Two uh, Lion they, tracks. Yeah. Yeah, two Lion tracks. So, you know. The guys who did the Transformers. Well, Stan, uh, no, Stan the, Bush. Who, well, Lion did the Transformers theme for the car. Yeah, the movie, yeah. right? But Stan Bush is also on here, too, who did the song The Power, right? And, and mm-hmm. the Transformers film. And what was it, Chase? Like, yeah, Stan goddamn Bush is in this. Um, yeah, Billy Idol is on yes. here as well. Bonnie Tyler. We also have yeah. Bonnie Tyler. Like, it's a pretty solid soundtrack. I think there's some real good uh, jams on here, and I'm definitely going to take some of these. And put them on some um, some uh, playlists for myself yeah. after watching this. Lion is another one too infamous for doing the the song from what is it Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, where uh, <laughs> oh, oh the, the the girl that's da- like is that the one where she's dancing the in dance like, sequence yeah, yeah. with um, oh my god what what's the actor? Oh, well, no, that I think that's that uh, that's Crispin Glover downstairs. But when she's like, there's the punk upstairs listening to music. Right? No, I think- uh, no, that's a, that, no, that's a different film. Oh. Um, Crispin Glover. This oh. is the Crispin Glover dance scene. Oh, am That's I thinking? Wild. Am I thinking of Seven? Is that what I'm thinking of with the punk girls in the attic, like the, no. like the upstairs bedroom? Anyway, I don't. Anyway, no. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, people dancing to music in films. Anyway, and then yeah. Friday Thirteenth. I think my That's apologies. Part yeah. Uh, five. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Right. That might be. Anyway. But anyway. So let's go on with that. But yeah. No. The the, the music here. I'm like. I'm in. I'm in. Racing for pinks, like I get it, like and being forced against their will, whatever, right? So then, and I, I think yeah. you, I think you need some like some recognizable music too to kind of make these scenes pop a little better. Yeah, you know, like the the you know we get the secret loser song, which everybody knows Ozzy Osbourne's voice. It's like so you get that in the beginning of this film. You're in the first five minutes. You're like, oh shit, this might actually be pretty rad, you know? Yeah. So after that sequence, that's when we see. Um, uh, Charlie Sheen coming to town, which I wrote, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Topper Harley, because he's just driving on a motorcycle. And again, that's a Hot Shots reference. Anyway, but then I like that um, he's just, just randomly going into town, and there's our, our was it our, um, our character, Sherilyn Finn. She's just walking out the door, and he's like, hey, I'm hot. She's like, yeah, I know. Where Where's the water? She's like, I'll show you. <laughs> and then and then her boyfriend, and, and loose quotes, you know, Packard, is like, hey, I demean you as a person. Get in my car. <laughs> whatever. And he's like, who was that dude on the bike? He looks familiar. Like, you know, whatever. Anyway. So then we end up going to where everybody hangs out. Right. That's when we get to the, the, the big hangout in this town, which is just, um, rocks, Lots of rocks and, uh, kind of a float, just like a float on float on river. You it's know? supposed to be like a, like a lazy river, but like, um, like, I, okay. So I'll, I'll just say this real quick. Like I, I, I grew up in West Virginia and we'd go like, if we went swimming, we'd find like a swimming hole, like meaning like there was like areas around that had a little bit of deeper water, not much, but they were these large, like rock, like, you know, areas on the sides, not comfortable like at all. Right. 
Um, there, there's nothing about this that seems comfortable and appropriate whatsoever, but somehow every young person wants to get there and to skin this. They want to just like, they want to scrape all the skin off their body, moving around on all these rocks. <laughs> They're pumice stones. Just They're pumice. Yeah, no, it, it's very much a Hellraiser situation, right? Like it's, yeah, but that's the look. Like, oh. This looks pretty, this looks pretty sweet. I like this setup. Um, just like the fact that you can throw down a towel or maybe a thicker towel or three towels or something. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> like a blanket. Um, but yeah, like, and it just like the lazy river idea. It's like, that's pretty sweet. I like that. And, and, and dude, this is filmed in Arizona. You need some kind of comfort here. You know, like Arizona is awful from what I understand. <laughs> I listen to a podcast. These dudes are, they record their podcast in Arizona and all they talk about is how hot it is, even though it's a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> I think my favorite part Every about this. Every time they mention where they're from, they're like, it's hot as balls out here. <laughs> I just like, I was going to call it a hot take, but it literally is a hot take. I like, I think it literally is. Yeah. Cause like, yes. I mean, like if there is any body of water, even if it is a puddle, I think somebody's going to gather around it in Arizona. Just, but it's like, Hey, it's super hot. What, 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 what uh, absorbs heat and reflects it back rocks. Like, like there should have been a bit where one of them just cracked an egg and just made an omelet while like they're figuring shit out. Right. But anyway, so, so yeah, so we like, so the whole thing is we been finding out like our, like our character, uh, um, I keep, I keep calling her Sherilyn Finn, but her actual character's name, Carrie, uh, Carrie. Carrie, um, she's there for a minute, like sunning herself. And then we have, um, uh, uh, Jake looking across the way, being a creeper. And then, um, well, was it the one kid who was like, um, he's like, Hey, what's going on? Can, can we be friends for a minute or whatever it is? It's like, I, well, I like the line that he says though. It's like, Hey, what's up, bro? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Is that Billy? Like, is that, is uh, that, there's a foreshadowing yeah. there. So yeah, I think it's Billy, right? I think that's yeah, it is yeah, Billy. Billy. Yeah. And he's like, so anyway, we ended up finding out that like, you know, Jake is like scoping out Carrie and then like Carrie's spoken for blah, 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 blah. And then, um, we have Billy looking down and seeing that Jake has, I don't know a particular set of scars that, you know, I don't know. But then we find out that like Billy reveals that like, uh, like, you know, Carrie had recently lost like her boyfriend and also was his brother and you know, all this stuff. It's like with a lot of exposition, we get it. And then we also get Packer being like, who's that handsome dude over there. My hair's bigger than his. I want to know what's going on. Like it's just, you know, whatever. But I like that. Which hair products. Does yeah. Use. Right. Damn it. Yeah. Um, so then I like, it's such a dumb sequence because it's like the, like, so we end up having um, Jake and Carrie on the lazy river aspect of this, but like on these longer inflatable, like pool floaties. And they're just like, sup. And they just keep like swimming up to each other. It's like, it's the most awkward goddamn setup for a conversation. Um, it's the most eighties, right? Like it's just, it's so stupid. I love it where they're talking and she's like, Oh yeah, you're pretty cute. I was going to hop on your bike, but then my boyfriend showed up. Sorry. The person that's like, you know, keeping me stuck in this relationship because you know, um, I don't remember what happened to my previous boyfriend, but he was dead and I am with this guy now. Like anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah. Leatherface lit sitting over here. Like <laughs> I, I, I think he would have noticed if all of a sudden his chick is floating next to some other dude. Like I, I just yeah. like everything that's going on in this film, there's like a shadow that's being casted by him all the time over <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. But then we get like, Oh, like, right, like, what do you get off work? And she tells whatever. And he's like, where's work at? Right. So then like, we find out that she works as a waitress on roller skates at this burger joint, which, um, you know, 
it looks like a cool looking burger joint, right? Like it does in terms of what it is. But then Billy works there too. He's the cook. He's the only person doing work there. I mean, there's the waitresses taking the food out. No, no disrespect, right? But it's yeah, like there's kind of an uh, it's kind of off, off balance here of like <laughs> supply bit. and demand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like thirty his, cars. His kitchen is like two by two. Did you notice that? It's like it is the smallest like workspace ever, and he's like constantly making food for everybody. You're like, man. Um, yeah, that's not a way to live. You're going to hail so much burger grease and fry oil that you're not going to live long. Right. Yeah, but, um, there's yeah. going to be a lot of diarrhea later. <laughs> how, is, how is this guy going to be able that, to cook that, all that? that? That's the, that's the wrath. Right. So anyway, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, before that, but so we get to, um, if I recall, uh, even like the first, well, the first time, right. So, there's a whole thing too where uh, Packard shows up telling Carrie like, "Oh, you're in my car," blah 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 blah. But then um, the, the, we see the car, right? I think is this the first time we see the car show up in the daytime, and everyone's like, "What's this?" And it's like the cool, like let's talk about the car for a second. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the vehicle is actually a, it's called a Dodge M4S Turbo Interceptor, which by the way I like that like they start calling it the Interceptor, the Turbo Interceptor in the movie when literally no one knows what the car is. So I think that's funny. Um, uh, it was originally a pace car built by Chrysler Corporation and PPG Industries, which I know they do paint, right? Six copies were made for use in the film. Two stunt cars were made of molds of the original car and four non-drivable dummies that were destroyed during the filming. <laughs> I don't know. It's almost as if they were just like put on the road to be hit. We'll talk about that. Um, during the production, the real Dodge Turbo Interceptor was used in close-ups. Um, so there was only really ever one made. It was a concept car that was meant to be a pace car. Um, I think now that when we got into the nineties where cars got cars, got a lot more curvy, maybe that design doesn't look so like outlandish, but at the time this thing looked like it was from like, like a hundred years in the future. It's a cool looking car. It's, it's got an interesting, uh, line to it and everything. Um, it's very, weird in a sense that it's spoiler is kind of worked into the back. Like it, it yeah, is, it has a very um, unique profile, but like you think about like Knight Rider, you think about kit at the time. Yeah. Like that's much more like, it, that's it's, a good comparison. Yeah, Like it's sleek, but it has like sharp angles. This car doesn't right. It's very like, it's almost like I'll put it to you this way. Remember in the first uh, RoboCop where the Ford Taurus was the car of the future. That was all the police cars. It's like now we think Ford Tauruses are like, 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 great. Who cares? Right. They looked futuristic because they were curvy. Right. Right. Um, or I should say rounded off. Like I forgot. The, I honestly thought, and I'm talking too much. I honestly thought that this car looked closer to like the Plymouth Prowler than what we got. Do you remember the Prowler? Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, the Prowler and the Cruiser came out, uh, I believe, the same year. Yeah, no, like, uh, the PT Cruiser, less the less said the better, but the Prowler's cool looking, right? Like, yeah. uh, it's much more look like a hot rod, right? The, the one thing that I, I I do think that they, they screwed up on here, and I, I think it is more or less kind of being product placement here because, you know, you got name brand cars here. They have the Chrysler symbol on the front of the car. You could see it in a couple of scenes. Oh like, yeah, really, yeah. really well. Then I'm like, all right, dude. If it's supposed to be something that nobody's supposed to know anything about, they could be like, well, that's a Chrysler symbol. <laughs> like, no, they should have took the badging off of it for sure, right? Just let it be yeah. its own thing. But you could tell that, like, if Chrysler's like, oh, you're going to use this like experimental vehicle or for what? Well, sorry, it was fully like the car that exists was completely built. It wasn't like. 
it wasn't like they just took like the, the, the shell and put it on top of like another vehicle. Right. But it's like, yeah, like I agree. It's like, it'd have been like probably better. Right. Like there was also that, that's that show happened was the mid nineties called a uh, Viper that was like trying to do like a, um, Knight Rider update, but with a Dodge Viper. I don't know if you remember that. Like, it I, was, I, yeah, I love the Viper. I tried to win it many a time. Yeah. But like there's a whole <laughs> show called Viper. It's like, Oh yeah. Remember that car? Yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, I agree, but the car looks cool. And we can tell that it's like challenging, you know, uh, Packard and crew to like a race. And so then this becomes like the series of like, all right, it's your turn. Let's go do this. Um, I will say that the, um, the actual, um, car chase, like the, the, the actual choreography is pretty good in terms of like the, like you feel the speed. And unfortunately we find out through the course of learning about this movie that somebody did die during the production of one of these scenes. Uh, a camera right. truck turned over and that's unfortunate. Um, and we got to mention that cause you know, the stuff does come at a cost and Unf- like, sorry, that that's coming out wrong. There is tragedy with this film. We just got to point that out, but I don't want to dismiss that there wasn't something that happened here, but I do like when they would do lead these sequences. They're great. But I also like, it almost feels video game logic to me of like, Oh no, the Wraith got ahead. Where is it? Oh no, it's just right in front. It's T-boning. Oh no, blown up. Cruising USA rules. Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah. But it's like, oh, I'm just going to turn sideways across the road. You're going to hit me and and that's it. And then um and then the Wraith's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to reload from a previous save and reform and drive away, you know." Like, like, Respawn. Respawn. That's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, we're done. <laughs> so, which, so yeah. Go ahead, which please. I I I I feel like this uh, like these sequences where the the chase scenes happen, they look they're they're really well shot, in my opinion, yeah. and especially the explosions. Like whatever practical practical effects they're using are very very well done. I mean, there I mean there's if, if I, I know that the, uh, you know all human life is valuable here, and like one one loss is too many on a set. But for God's sake, there are so many explosions in this film. Like. Whoa. <laughs> no, you, you think about it. You're like, this is low budget. And somehow it's, it's still managed to be like safer than like, I don't, yeah, it's just, it, it sucks that like some, like this happened, right? It was an unforeseen accident. I think there was taking a lot of caution, but this camera truck flipped over. Like it just, it sucks. But yeah, like there's a lot going on here. This much like when we talked about the hitcher, there's times where it's like, how do you even do that today? Cause you don't. Right. Well, like, yeah. And, and it's like, and, and a lot of actors, uh, they are not supposed to be doing their stunts because the actors skilled and everything, uh, you know, insurance, um, like kind of get a note back to the hitcher. Um, Rucker Howard lost a tooth in the one scene where he jumps through the window mm-hmm. of the car. So it's like, there are costs that come along with every shot and it could be as small as losing a tooth or it could be as large as losing a human life. But like the fact that we were able to get some of these explosions and chasings like that we did out of this film is incredible for like and this film was shot in twenty seven days too. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> that for that, that is ridiculous. That You're involved. right. Yeah, yeah. For the amount of like prep that has gone to some of this stuff. So yeah, um, that was Augie that chased uh, the wraith, and I he like do it Augie style, which they said in the movie. I'm like, okay, great. I didn't know that. Um, yep. 23 minutes in, and that's when the cops finally show up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, there's cops in this town? All right, great. We're going to learn about them. So then I wrote the, the Wraith just restarted from a previous checkpoint. Yeah, that's what you mentioned here. But whenever like, they, like the, the authorities go to grab Augie, um, he's not just a smithereens. He's like a full body with like no eyes and like sucked out like a husk, kind of. Again, um, 
it's 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 a cool idea. It's just not explained very well. <laughs> and also, yeah, too, yeah, and they kind of they just kind of let that one go. Like later, they mm-hmm. just don't do anything more with it. And we also see one of the braces that's on the wraith is like at the scene of the loss, and it just it just goes whoop, and just disappears, right? Like okay, well, great. I think he's like staring down from a cliff, and then it disappears yeah. from his body. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so again, it's one of those things that like, once you know what the director's intent is, it makes more sense, but the film doesn't, the film doesn't do a good job of saying it. Right. So then, um, so then at that point, um, we get, uh, we get this brief bit of Packard and Carrie in his car where he's talking about, like, I love you. I'll never leave. Like you never live, never leave me. I'm going to bring a knife out and I'm going to cut my hand. And we're going to like, Which, yeah, I, I think that the, the knife needed uh billing on this cast because we see the knife quite a bit. Yeah. When, when, when uh, <laughs> Packard doesn't know what to say or how to push his influence, he's like, yeah, right. And then with the switchblade <laughs> again, it's like every single time he's like, you know what? I'm going to bring out big guns over here. Yeah. You know, it's like. I'm yeah. going to let him do the talk. Stabbing McGee has something to say here. No, just, um, no, but like, I'm just going to ask you, like, I understand that like for dramatic effect in terms of stories where it's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take, take something like a knife and go to the, the most vulnerable part of my hand and open it up. And then like, we're going to be bound by blood. Um, I don't know about you. Um, I, the idea, like, like if we want to be blood, brother, cool. I, I will find like, here, how about my forearm? Just the top part of my forearm. Like I could live with that. But whenever I'm actively using a part of my body that requires me to be tactile, that it, especially when you're driving a car, I don't know. Seems like that's a detriment to me. Like, I don't just, yeah, don't can, like, can you pick this mosquito scab over here instead? We're going to be blood brothers. How about the top part of my butt? Just, like, just quick slit. We'll just butt the butt. We'll be like tenacious D and be Tanakh and just like, just jam it together. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like, or how yeah. about this? Just a nice firm handshake, no blood. And then maybe split a milkshake together. What you know, happened like, to Spit Brothers? Yeah, you know? like, what, what happened to that? What if, what if, like, like Terry, your brother? What if we did like, um, <laughs> like a plate of spaghetti, like uh, the Lady and the Tramp, right? And then the spaghetti noodles. Were like, oh no, we accidentally kid. That's a much better bonding. Accidentally, than, accidentally. Mm. <laughs> I did roll the meatball over to the side of your plate with my nose, but anyway, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, like I think there's a, I think there's a, some better ways of getting doing this. But anyway, that's like I get, like I get why that is a thing that happens. But I'm like, I, I think that's, that's such a cheap sell here too, though. Yeah. Like we already understand that this dude is unhinged, yeah, and he's trying to make an impression on her. The 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 blood letting thing with the knife and of course the knife is already like like already been shown three times in this damn film i we kind of get it i the scene just does it falls flat for me yeah you know because we already know he's screwed up yeah it's just like i just i I think cassavetes is an actor i'm okay with i just again think that his like well one the script doesn't serve him the best because there's a bit here in a minute like well like we'll get to it in a second where he's very uneven and that's fine. Cause he's supposed to be off kilter. Um, I just think that like his power dynamic, um, th- there could have been a little bit better here. And also maybe, maybe the director who was also the writer, like maybe like there's a whole thing of like, yeah, I like this, but could we try something a little different? I don't know. It's just, it's a little wobbly, not the best, you know, like it's fine. It's just that he's too, too clean cut looking of a guy that's supposed to be playing like the scummy villain. You know what I mean? Like he looks like he belongs in a frat house upset 
that uh, the Trilams are up to it again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. So then we have their chop shop, right? Like it's a very obvious chop shop. And that's when the Wraith shows up in his car with this futuristic shotgun and starts laying waste. And none of them do a goddamn thing. It's like, what are you doing? You can't do. Oh, if you shoot my things one more, if you shoot them three more times, whatever. It's like, that's weird to me that like none of them fought back. They just all hid. Yeah. That's a weird sequence. Yeah, and there's uh, what is there five people in there? Yes. Like you can't like circle around this dude and jump on him. Like he's just laying waste to the, all their cars. He's not even concerned about the people in this place. He is just like I'm gonna f your cars up, and that's it. Couldn't somebody throw a wrench at his head or something? Yeah. Like I know he's wearing a helmet, but that would at least distract him so somebody else could be like pile on let's do this and because like, well, the whole guy- thing is supposedly when the the visor flipped up what was it uh rughead saw the eyes of somebody right it's and he a wild out. ass scene too just so you know like yeah. like the the scene like it's like there's two shots that are cut together it doesn't look great yeah um, and that's when we get the flashback of what happened with the murder of um uh, of, of well yeah i think this is like one of three flashbacks yes. to a particular scene yeah. And yeah, it's uh so we we kind of understand that these guys here uh this is Packard's crew were involved in some kind of murder. And yeah, we're with, getting a little bit more information down the line. Yeah, we find out like there's a big flashback of them interrupting Carrie with somebody and then they murder the guy, whatever, right? You know, it's Devil's Night, whatever. Anyway, so um yeah, but the whole thing is like he just like it's like oh someone's coming and just shooting your shit up and like you're supposed to be all badasses it's like oh shake my fist at you it's like I just I feel like it's like when me watching my cat I'm like don't knock that off the table don't do it and then it does it I'm like well I guess I only have me to blame with this you know and, like, and you just sit there brooding like yeah. oh man. <laughs> Like if you didn't have that big ass shotgun, yes, yeah, your if only, ass would be great. If only I didn't at least attempt to do a thing, right? That's like this. The scene would have played way better if everybody involved tried to stop him from messing up their shop, and they failed, right? Like, what if they tried to just fill him full of every single like gunshot available to them, right? And he's just like standing upright, still, you know, doing his thing. And, and I have to question this too. So the heavy in all of this is Packard with his switchblade his four inch switchblade no one else has any weapons like that i just find it very surprising if i ever get into a gang where like all right guys you have to follow my lead at all times but i got the knife uh, <laughs> the the knife yeah all right you guys in all right cool and he has these lackeys following him around and he's the only dude that's packing something yeah <laughs> yeah uh so then what was it like there's the whole thing that was like the next day where there's the challenge to Minty. Is that Min- Minty's the one that's supposed to be next, right? Like Minty Fresh or whatever. Minty uh, Fresh. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then um, there's the, like, and then the police are available. So we get to like Randy, Randy Quaid's character um, of like starting to like sniff around and he just chews up the scenery. He, like, you could understand what he's doing. It's fine. It's just his character is so useless in this movie. And ter- like, again, nothing against him. I understand that we need to have like that almost X files element of like, like the actual authorities are trying to sniff out what's going on and he knows something isn't adding up. I get it. Right. That's fine. It's just kind of, it's not handled the best, but it's, then, a, yeah. it's a stereotypical Southern police officer in a scene where he doesn't know, but he's trying to uh, invoke some kind of like badass mentality. 
Like, yeah. I'm going to force my will on you because I'm the law. Yeah. But then we also have him going up to the burger stand, right? Where, like, they bring him the food and then we have him being upset that he has pickles or whatever. You could, you almost feel like he was like, I'm going to improv the shit out of this because I have nothing else going on, right? But then, but then it's like, he's like, oh no, the Wraith showed up again. Sorry, the whatever it is, the, the, the Dodge, not like the Chrysler <laughs> Turbo Interceptor, whatever. Well, they keep um, on referring to him like, who's the other kid? Yeah. Who's the other kid? You know, yeah, no so, one actually has any kind of explanation of who he is. He doesn't actually get called the Wraith until a little like, bit later by, until the film. by Rughead, right? He's what he refers yeah. to him as a Wraith, right? But like, so the whole thing is like the cops are waiting for just other, like, cause he knows, cause credit to his character, he knows that like Packard's running a chop shop and also like basically, um, like, like just chasing down people to get their cars against their will. Like he's aware of the operation. They just can't prove it. Uh, at least the movie shows that like the cops are at least aware they're inept the entire time. Right. So then we have the sequence where the cops are supposed to be following and they're supposed to be stopping everything going on. They don't, um, the Wraith pulls ahead, does the same shit. Uh, Minty is now Minty fresh and gone. Like he has gone to the breeze. Um, and, uh, and then when the cops show up, uh, they're like, Oh no, the car's still here. Then the car, I, I do appreciate that. They showed the interceptor going through the cars. But I was like, Hey, how are you going to do this? Because you could easily just, like, you could easily just go, I'm out. Right. And that'd be way more confusing than the cops. You decided to barrel through and then get around on the like around the corner and then disappear <laughs> to Dude, make it even more confusing. He severs these cars. Oh yeah, like, I'm like that. I think that's a pretty kick ass scene. It is. A, it's a cool scene for sure. Right? Yeah. And and then the fact that it's like on the other side, it's like the car is unscathed and it's just like room room and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's like, I earned an extra man's today. I'm out. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, but then it's like, what was it? I just, it's been a week since I saw this. So I, I do apologize. But then eventually we ended up getting a skank and gutter boy driving around by themselves. I, I wrote couple of the year, um, you know, cause they clearly just one of them smarter than the other, but they're neither of them are smart. Right. And <laughs> like, and they eventually see, uh, Carrie with, um, with, uh, was it, um, what's his name? Uh, Jake on his motorbike. Right. And they're like, Oh shit, this is what Packard's upset about or whatever. Right. Cause we even have him earlier Packard challenging Billy to a ride with his, like a race with his car. And Billy had like, he's like, dude, no, I'm not racing you. Also, I think you killed my brother. Also, if you kill me, you'll never get your burgers done the right way ever again. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think you're valuing where you're supposed to be at here, Billy. You know, like, yeah, like you're, you're you're not going to get extra max sauce or whatever the hell you say. Like, <laughs> Like, please don't kill me because yeah. I, I'm your, your, I'm literally the only cook at this son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm the only thing feeding this town. If you kill me, you don't get your pink sauce on your burgers the way you like it. Anyway, so, so yeah, but like, um, but there's this whole like protracted sequence of, of um, like um, Skank and um, Gutter Boy chasing uh, Jake on his motorcycle, and and then like. Like and then eventually, like they have their own undoing. Where um, was it? Gutter Boy shoots through the bottom of the car by accident, ruining the steering. It's a whole thing, whatever. Anyway, like and then they're both like, "Oh, we done screwed up." And then um, eventually, there's the whole sequence where uh, what was it? Um, they follow what was it? Jake into uh, a, a cemetery, and they force um, 
they force uh, Packard to chase him into the cemetery where you get this like cool looking car launching itself into a cemetery. I'm like, that's some money right there. It's a cool looking shot. It's very, well, they were like, they were near the cemetery and they were talking about the exchange between Jake and them. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, 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 the rape, oh, the rape, the car, yeah, yeah, it yeah. shows up out of nowhere. It was like, Oh my God, it's that dude again. And it's like, it, it's like the craziest scene because he gets rammed from behind and just launched into the cemetery, taking That's out right. like 20 different headstones. And the one that he just happens to be in front of. And like, he's trying to call out the dude. He's like, get out of the car. Come on, let's do this. Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he like looks over at the gravestone and it's his name. Yeah. Like Again, RIP. Yeah. It's just, there, it's a, it's a cool visual. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. So, it doesn't yeah, because yeah. it's like, wow, what other magic can we pull off here? For, right. Just for the scene's sake. Yeah. So then we end up having, uh, we end up having, was it, um, uh, Jake and, uh, and I can't always forget all their names. I carry like they eventually talk, but it's like it's like yeah. He's like I've loved you forever, and she's like oh they they met like a day and a half ago, <laughs> and it's just like this whole thing. I'm like oh yeah, the '80s. You could fall in love within 30 minutes and be together forever. I guess I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. wow, yeah. Isn't that how it all worked out? Man, that yeah. It's I, I miss the '80s, right? <laughs> yeah, every everything about it, right? No, um, so yeah, so then loose storylines and, and romance. Yeah, and it, like it's like one of those things. It's like he's like, yeah, he's like, well, we can head out of town tomorrow, but I got to take care of a few things. What? Well, I'm not going to tell you, and you don't even know my last name. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'll meet you at the burger shop later, right? So then, the um, snack shack. Let's snack go. Snack shack, right? So then that's when we get one of my favorite moments of this, this film is that we have them at the chop shop. We have, we have Packard leaving. He's like in an upbeat mood. He's like, Hey everybody, what's going on? Hey, good on you. Hey, guess what? Everybody. I know I've been a little bit of an asshole and I'm the only one who has a knife, but you know what? Everybody gets bonuses this year. Like it was this weird thing. It's like, you know what? Hey, Hey, gutter boy. Jelly of the Month Club, just for you. Like it's just he was it's like it's in this after he is found by the the sheriff with another chick too. Yes, like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. That's I forgot about that. And then yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it's, yeah that, the whole thing. But then he's like so upbeat. I'm like you. Like it's like you were expecting like a turn in that sequence of him being like, hey everybody, I'm a nice guy, and then be like, I'm a jerk. But he's like, you know what? I'm having a good day. I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go play. I'm going to go play eight holes right now. I'll be back later. Right. Like, you know, um, and then as he he's leaves, also, he's like giving like handshakes yeah. to each one of them too. It's like, dude, this is not his character. This is completely out yeah. of the realm of what his character has been for the entire film. This, like, I, if what? I was his friends, yeah. I'd be like, uh, you all right, dude. It's like skank. <laughs> I know you've been drinking motor oil, but you know what? I'm going to give you, you know what? Here, you know what? Here's 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 five dollars. Go get some Mad Dog, twenty twenty on me. You know what? It's a good day. <laughs> he just leaves. He just leaves. Right? Like it's so after he's gone. Um, one of my favorite moments of this movie, and I will post this on the Facebook page because I did a little bit of editing. Um, is um uh, after a Rughead's like, you know what, guys, I'm out. Like this is this is terrible. Um, rightfully you, so. Yeah. He's the one who's like of sound mind at this point. Yeah. Like, Dude, this shit is getting crazy. It's like, we there's, a, there's like a wraith coming after friends. us. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple yeah. friends are dead. 
Yeah, and he's like, I'm like, out. I'm I, taking my blueprints. I, I I'm can't gone. afford like hairspray anymore. Yeah. Like, we got to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, he's like, he's like, my older brother is much more attractive than me. I got to go. I got to go. And so he gets these truck and leaves. But then as he's like driving away from this job shop, we just see in broad daylight the vehicle, like the the, the interceptor, just just bullet into this this garage, um, like where they're at, like this this enclosure, and it, like the way the editing's done. Uh, in the movie is that we see Skank and Gutterboy being like, oh, and holding each other as the car comes in and the car just annihilates them. And then there's this massive explosion. Um, and also with um, with Rughead looking in the distance, um, I'm going to post a GIF, uh, everybody can see here, um, that I took all of the, the most of the people's reactions out of this. I just wanted the car going into the garage and blowing it up. It is without without the reaction shots, it is the most sudden, violent explosion I think I've ever seen in a movie. I, yeah. I sent that to you via a group chat. You, did you see that? <laughs> no, like, oh, no I, I, oh, I did not. Uh, I, it's, I, just, it's just like, like, boom, that's it. Like It's so amazing how fast it happens. You're like, well, that escalated. Anyway, so well, yeah. I, I, if you would have cut that scene with Buddy Repton from the Christine, <laughs> yes, yes. I would I would have felt like more satisfied. Like, oh, I, I'm, like not, I didn't I'm not see that it, but good. I'm like, I'm just yeah. like, I think you're, you're saying that you just use the scenes from this. Yes. I think that if you would have sliced it with Christine, that I would have been like, you know where I'm at. Oh, no, like, you know what I've been thinking the entire scene when I watch it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah, it's very similar. The Al- gas station scene yeah, is like, almost, but this is like taken to the next level. What is ridiculous also the amount of carnage right in terms of like it is a massive explosion i understand that a lot of these are done more for the visual versus the impact which i get because it's the safest way to do it i understand that right but it's like to be a fly on the wall i mean i'm talking far 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 away from this just to (laughs) see this detonation live you can't tell me you're like you know what Life's never going to get any better than this. <laughs> you know, like, it is well, it kind of tracks, too, because they said that this like was a full, fully functional garage here. Yes. So they had those two chemicals that they were using. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, so and that makes sense. If you have these volatile chemicals, uh, that there would be that big of an explosion. That I just think sense. if you hit gutter boy, sorry, if you just hit skank with anything, he's probably going to detonate <laughs> like that. You know, like he's built. Dude, he's dude's probably full of oil chemicals. and airplane glue at any point in time. You know, it's not going to take much for him to go up. Right. <laughs> um, you know, he, nice. he was drinking, he was drinking three loco at the time. Like the science had not caught up yet. Right. So anyway, so then, so then after that happens, we end up having, uh, the, the, it, it goes forward where, uh, I think Rughead's out. Like we don't see him the rest of the film. Good on him. He's the one that lives, right? Well, he so. t- he does kind of explain to the sheriff. Yes. Like, oh my God. After they were what happened. Like, vaporized. They're not here anymore. Yeah. I don't understand what happened. Yeah. So that's fair. But then eventually we end up having what was it? Um, like um, we have uh oh. I also like that like nobody takes like um oh um we, we nobody takes Nikki seriously. Not Nikki. Um. Yeah, that's her name, right? Um, sure. Okay. Carrie, Carrie, Nikki, Carrie, whatever. <laughs> no, sorry, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I just the names. Just other than outside the gang names, everything. It's like I just want to keep calling Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen. Um, so Carrie, like 
Like she's like, you know what? I do have an abusive boyfriend, and I'm trapped in like my life is a prison. But you know what? I'm gonna go to work, and nobody's gonna actually shop or like watch me go home and drive me home safely. I know. Hey, um, brother of my former murdered boyfriend. Um, you know what? We're good. Like it's just how weird that all works out. But then Packer shows up with with her, and he's like, you know what? No, no, you're mine or whatever, right? So I wrote picks her up. Yes. Like- Freaking Donkey Kong! I, no, I, I and wrote, throws her in the car. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, "One girl over easy to go" is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then so then, um, but Billy, Billy, Billy gets like, "Dude, all right, like this is enough." Which rightfully so, somebody should do something about this. She is getting kidnapped. Yes. Yeah, and then there's all these people like watching. The, like, there's a group of people watching, right? He gets clobbered, and he like eventually, whenever Packer drives away, he's like, oh, he looks at everybody. He gets hit too. Yeah. But there, are, like, I I like looking, like watching it a second time. I like looking at the crowd. Um, there's some pretty buff dudes in yeah. that crowd there eating cheeseburgers. Like, yeah. but also it's like you guys understand that like in this town, he's the one giving you food. Maybe. I don't know. Protect the food guy. I don't know. Just, you know, yeah, and, the, and yeah. the possible waitress that, yes. you know, human life is yeah. valuable yeah. here yeah. again. Like, and the she, dude has she, a foreign plate and no crew. Now like, all of his crew is dead. Yeah. Like th- this is the beginning of double dragon. Uh, Packer just walks up to this girl and just smacks her in the face, throws her over their shoulder. And then the brothers are like, Oh, that's not good. Right. Like, but anyway, no, but like when, when, when Billy's like, none of you could help. Like, you know what? Good on you, Billy. Like, like you I like stood that up. line because it, it, it brings gravity to the situation, you know? Well, you know like, it shows, it, like, it, how much people are scared of Packard for whatever reason, right? Um, yeah. 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 So it's like, that is, that's frustrating. It's just like, I don't know, man. Like, um, I, I, I told I think I've told you this story um, off mic. But um, so years and years ago, I was working at an amusement park. Um, and I was working um, a half-court shot thing. Like, you know, yeah. like it was like the smaller basketball, but the hoops, I, everyone's like, that's not a regulation hoop. I'm like, this isn't the NBA anyway. So, um, there was a time I, like, I was like 1920. I'd recently bought brand new glasses and the whole thing is like the balls would take weird rebounds. So like if something was like going askew, you would yell, like you would make sure that people were aware that these, like these basketballs, like be careful. Right. And then somebody is like, heads up. So I stood up to make sure everybody was safe. A basketball smacked me square in the face. Um, I went down because my glasses, like my, my lenses popped out of my glasses. I'm on my hands and knees trying to find my glasses. And then somebody leaned over like, Hey, I paid for a ball. And I, I was just like, all right, I have no faith in humanity anymore. Like, yeah. I'm, so yeah, like <laughs> not the same situation, but the same type of fire of like, where were you? Everybody else to help. Right. So, yeah. Um, that was a fun yeah. day. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah. like DK takes his uh, woman away. DK takes and- his woman away. Yeah, he goes to DK country. You know, up up Devil's Pass Road or whatever all the different names were here. The Devil's Canyon. And it, yeah. and it, like this is the, this is and, and let's not forget this is what he was so happy go lucky to go do yes, kidnap yes. go kidnap yeah, a woman. You know what I'm gonna go do? I'm gonna go assault a woman and take her property. He's like do do in it, dude. Yeah, all right. Gonna be a good day. I paid for I paid for that ball. You know, I just whatever I'm gonna go grab it and take it. It's mine. Yeah. So then yeah, that's the whole thing, right? Um, yeah. Um, please. Like uh so got, I don't at, at this point now, he doesn't even know that his dudes just got murdered. <laughs> So it's like, but he's living on cloud nine, still stuffing this girl 
unexpecting woman into his car to go have this weird future together. Like, yeah, like he doesn't even have it planned out. It's like, no, he's just like, yeah, we're going to be going. He's like, all I need is my car, my woman and my blood knife. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. And like, uh, leave a psychopath in the, the slick car to not murder me. He just wants to get out of Dodge. That's really what it boils down to. He's like, you know what? You guys go ahead and get murdered here. I'm a head out of town. I'm going to take this unsuspecting woman with me. Uh, <laughs> so, so, okay. So I know Loomis is sorry that we also meant to mention that Quaid's character's name Loomis, which, you know, understood. We get it. C- calm down. Halloween. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Face uh, this, just, the, the call, shape, call, the, the car. What it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So he's, well, there's he's, another call back here too, yeah. which is ironically uh, another John Carpenter reference here. Um, the, the, the phrase weird and pissed off. Was yeah. used towards the car. There's another Carpenter reference. We'll get to that a little bit later. You're going to be like, huh, really? Yeah. I'll, 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 it's going to be, it's a weird reference. We'll get a weird connection. So, yeah. So um, let, let's, let's get to the end here. Cause I do, I honestly do forget what happens here between uh Packard and um, well, cause it's, it's still another showdown and it's always a showdown, right? It's always going to be a car race. I do forget where, um, where uh, we, so I keep wanting to say Nikki, where Carrie, where like she's not involved, right? Because she is not in the car. I forget what happens with that. So remind me what's going on here at the end. All right. So like really the bigger uh, storyline part here that is important to where Carrie is with everything. She and this is where I have a bit of contention with the the uh, the script as well. She says it was you that came in and. Uh, you know, stop me and um, James. Yeah, it was James, right? James is the original character, yes. right? That got murdered. So it's yeah. When I was getting it on with James, well, because Packard's going to take her guys. to the same location, right? That was the goal, right? To take her to the same like scene, if I recall, right? I guess. Yeah, it, it's it gets, like it's pretty sped up at this point. Yeah, but like basically, what it boils down to is Carrie knows now that James was murdered by Packard and his buddies, but she had information this like she, she knew it was him. She's like, Oh, I knew it was you. It's like, so why didn't you report the dude? Like, was yeah. there enough information? All of a sudden your boyfriend is dead and gone. And it's like, Oh, like there's this, this bit of confusion. Like, Oh, it, like, especially Billy, Billy's like, Oh, I think it might've been drifters. Or I'm, I think it might have been like these guys that were just like going around town or whatever. It's like, what? Yeah, as you do. <laughs> yeah. It's like you work with the chick that used to date him. And on the night that she laid him, he's dead and gone. He's gone now. You guys couldn't piece this together? I I don't know. This part is a little confusing. If I recall, like somehow she gets dropped off at home. And then that's when, um, when Jake shows up, he's like, I got one more thing to do. Right. And then he goes off. If I recall, and then we see him. Well, no, no. Like this is prior. Oh, this is like, this is the scene now where she's kidnapped by Packard. And like, he confesses all that stuff to her. And it, but it makes me go back throughout like all the rest of the storyline here. And it's like, wouldn't have Billy and Carrie, talked a little bit more about what transpired that <laughs> right. night. <laughs> hey, and like, remember that like thing that destroyed our lives? Yeah. Here, like might be the dude that might have done it. Yeah. I don't know. He's unhinged. <laughs> it's like, Fair enough. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so we, then we get the car 
the, the, the car again. He comes in the scene and like, there's another bit of like, all right, you want to race blah, blah, blah. And like Carrie gets out of the car, I guess. Right. Isn't that how it works? It, probably. I, I apologize everybody. It's been a week. <laughs> the film as much as i had fun with it it gets a little like all right here we go because i know that she's not part of the last race like she's out of it and it's like packard's like i'm gonna take this guy down because i know what's up now right that's the big thing right and then um that's the big final race but yeah, yeah the, the yeah. turbo acceptor arrives and challenges packard to a race which okay and packard accepts and then like they're going down the road and the cops are coming. They're trying to chase them down at the same time. And there's this weird sequence where, and it kind of like follows a trend of every other race sequence with the turbo where they pull it. The the car pulls ahead and just disappears. And then down the road, all of a sudden some shenanigans happens. And in this sequence, we get to see, the racer, the guy who's in the car standing, standing in the, the roadway. Road. That's right. Yeah. 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 So then like, of course, Packard's like, I'm going to run this son of a bitch down. Like you killed not my friends, I guess, but like you've made some big problems for me. And he says, I'm going to kill him. But then we have cut sequences. And it's like, all of a sudden we see the, 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 the wraith, the turbo again. And then while he's supposed to hit the driver, that's when this huge explosion happens and it's just like there's just all this carnage of car parts and fire and smoke and the wraith is gone again yep the vehicle is gone and that's yeah that's it and then um the cops are left like holding the bag and then we get like so um (laughs) the two things that are very confusing this is one we get the car pulling up to her place right and then we get the Wraith walking out, which by the way, sorry, the driver, which by the way, all his opinion, like his um, braces are gone now, right? Like they're all yeah, gone. It, it, that's go. kind of yeah. like the trend through this. Each yeah. time that somebody is killed from the group. Yeah. He's getting one of those or more complete. Braces go. Yeah. Right. That's which the- I will argue that there are certain shots where all of those pieces of uh, bracing and that are actually in it. Yeah, like when I, he goes to shoot up the, yeah. the hangout, all the braces are there. I have, I have no doubt that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but I like when the driver shows up and it's like, I'm going to diddly do diddly do diddly. He just becomes Charlie Sheen. He's like, Ugh, can't do that again. I'm like, okay, good. You're making a joke. Cool. You've murdered people a lot. Cool. All right. And he's like, Hey lady, I know I died like a year ago. Um, I can't explain this. I'm hotter now than I was. Um, let's just go on my dirt bike and we're going to leave. And she's like, cool. And he's like, I got one more thing to do. And this t- to me is the funniest part of this film because the implications are so much worse than what we get. Right. So we get the, the brother with Billy working at, like he's closing at the burger stand and, um, and then, you know, he's like sweeping, mopping. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah Cause he's like, ah, oh, he's like, somebody has to feed this goddamn town or whatever. Right. So, um, so then we get, um, we get Jake showing up. He's like, Hey, you know, I just want to say thank you for everything. He's like, here's some keys. And he's like, for what? And he's like, who are you? He's like, I think you know, like whatever. So then he's like, what, like, what is this? Like, it's like, he's like, it's a car. And he's like, you know what? Don't worry. He's like, the owner's manual is like, get them the glove box. You figured this out. And it's like, and then he's like, oh, and like you get the idea that the, like Billy figured out his brother, right? Fine, 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 fine. Hey, I'm going to hand you keys to this, the accessory to multiple murders. I'm out. Good luck with that. Enjoy. Yeah, 
that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. It's like here here is a murder weapon, pretty much. And but like the the thing that kind of like eliminates that possibility that they're gonna con- like consider like pursuing this is the Randy Quaid's uh, uh, line is, yeah. Like it's good, it's done. All yeah. the, everybody from Packard's gang is dead, and it's like, what? No, you're law enforcement. You're supposed to continue. Yeah, the you don't search. think the next day that somebody didn't see this car? I'm like, hey, wait a second. You know, listen. Yeah, like, it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like that. It doesn't work like that. Law enforcement has never said, well, everybody from the gang is dead. I guess we're done. Yeah, like they, yeah. they, they well, at least not anymore. Um, but <laughs> I mean. Yes and no, but but the whole the whole notion of this, it's like this is the car that multiple law enforcement people have seen. They couldn't pin it down, but they've seen it, and it's like, oh man, this guy's still flipping burgers. He has a sweet ride. I don't know. Is it registered? Does it have plates? <laughs> you know, like does it have like? Do you call up car insurance? Like, hey, I need to insure this car. What is it? Well, it's a one of a kind. It's a murder car. It's also a ghost. I don't know. They always do the numbers. I know? I know how law enforcement works. If it's not for one uh, thing that you're being tried for, it's for the other five things that they're trying. <laughs> they're gonna for. look at that and be like, "Hey, your taillights out." And it's like I don't have taillights. So like, yeah, that's a problem, isn't yeah. it? All right? Like, you know, I don't. <laughs> Anyway. As they high five each other, like yeah, at least we got one hundred and fifty dollars out of them. You know, yeah, this car uh, drove through uh, Lindale, Ohio. Well, yeah. Anyway, so no. Anyway, so so yeah, that's the movie. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun yeah. movie. Like it's one of those ones. It's like I don't like the idea of like don't think too hard because it's like I think as a viewer, anytime you engage with media, you have the right to think as much or as little as you want watching something. Uh, meaning if you're just in, if you just want to have fun and like dismiss things, that's on you. But I don't like that. The barrier for entry is like, don't think too hard about it. Um, this film fails its own logic multiple times, but I think the highs outweigh the, like the lows in terms of me enjoying this. It's not perfect. It's a lot of fun though. Yeah. I had a good time with this. Uh, this is one that I'm really surprised that I have never seen to this point. Uh, there is a lot of films that from the eighties and especially around this period of time that I just absolutely love. And it's just, it, it just boggles me that I, this is something I've not seen. Like, and you know, especially since I love uh, Christine so much, this feels like somewhat of a remake to that, you know, in its own right, you know, like they took the, the their own notes and be like, all right, well, I, I can spin this in a different way. Yeah, I so. mean, it's even with like the character of Ghost Rider existing in like the 70s, right? This is a Ghost Rider film in a lot of ways, yeah. too, right? It, it is what it is. It, it's Spirit a fun, of Vengeance. It's, yeah, it's a fun take on that. Like, I get that. Like, I mentioned this is the crow before the crow, you know? So, like, in a lot of ways, it kind of is. It's just, it's the more like uh, goofier version of that film. Like, but what it's just, it's still fun. The soundtrack kicks ass. The car looks cool. Um, the chase sequences are great. Honestly, right? Like it's just you could do way worse in terms of just yeah. like when I sit down and watch a film. Like like um I if you did like a triple feature, honestly, of Duel, the Hitcher, and the Wraith, that's a pretty solid lineup for the night. I honestly think Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think that would work really, really well. Yeah. And especially since they're all sweaty films. Um <laughs> they're all in like desert areas. Yeah. So yeah, so. it actually would work really well. And then like to kind of like piggyback off of what you were saying um with your note about the the 
Crow, uh, you know, comparison. The original comic, you know, like that was released in 89. So it's like, I, I kind of see where the crow may have taken some. You, you wonder of, if James O'Barr maybe saw this and was like, you know what? I'm depressed yeah, and sad enough, but I could do this better. Fair enough. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe right. I mean, that is, like maybe who knows, right? Like, I think this is very much like, it's also kind of like a comic book film before comic book films were like a big thing. Like you kind of get that vibe, right. Of like, mm. be careful. The wraith is out there. Right. Like it's just, I, I, it's fine. Like I, like I like that. I like the the mix of the car culture thing because, like I said, all the other all the gang cars looked cool as impractical as they were at times. I thought that was I loved all that. Again, the soundtrack's amazing and the cinematography, for what it's worth, is it, for being a low budget film, looks good. Like I, I did watch this on like the the like the most recent Blu-ray release, but even like checking out like the the um, free to watch like availabilities of streaming. It's still a pretty good cut of the movie, like in terms of look yeah. of it. Like so, yeah. And it definitely did make its money back, but like the the information I have here is that it was an eight million dollar budget, which that is pretty low. Yeah. Um, but like it, it's yeah. just like worldwide, it did three point five million. So it's like, oof. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it. Yeah, it didn't do so hot. But so okay. So I have some other trivia here. Like, yes, you ready for some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. So the Wraith was released in the United States on November 21st, 1986. In the Philippines, the film was released as Black Moon Rising Part 2 in April 29th, 87. Connecting it to the unrelated film Black Moon Rising, starring Tommy Lee, Zone, Tommy Lee Jones, which I've not seen, but it was based upon a script by John Carpenter. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So there's your other Carpenter connection. Uh, we talked about the gentleman, Bruce Ingram, who died during the production, unfortunately. Um, so according to Charlie Sheen, uh, when he uh, was talking during some other interview, he's like, I shot this at a pit stop on the way to do um, to the Philippines to, to do Platoon. You'll appreciate this. Uh, Sheen said um, that Oliver Stone went and saw it in the movie theater and called me so angry afterwards. Because uh, he was, he was worried that the, that the wraith was going to soil opinions of platoon. Because <laughs> if anybody would have saw it, <laughs> I know. But it's great. That he's like, "What did you do?" <laughs> like, I think that's great that Oliver Stone's like, "I pay money to watch the wraith, and you're going to destroy my movie? How dare you?" I think that's great. And then also, uh, Sheen said he shot his scenes in, in one day. Uh, and he has less than 30 minutes of screen time, which, I mean, that makes sense. You're subbing in the the, the rider versus him. I get it. Uh, but right. do you think about the times he shows up, how they had to fit him in at the house, daytime, nighttime, um, at like the, the, the beach spot. I'm sorry, the rock spot. And then, you know what I mean? Like they had to do some uh, interesting um, time management to get him in the film as much as they did. Even though he's not in the film a ton, the like credit, like if you would have told me that, like I, I wouldn't have believed that he did everything in one day, all things considered, but it makes sense. Like when you look at it, I, I think there's a, a lot to be said about that. I mean, not only because, you know, he had to do it in such a time or like a, a like a pretty crunch timeline, but also that they had like the production crew was able to piece in part what they had make it a cohesive storyline yeah and, I, I think yeah. there i think there's a lot to say about that and considering he's like the, the the first name in the film right like that's crazy so anyway yeah that i, I don't know what else to say about the wraith other than like i'm i'm happy that i own it on blu-ray if people enjoy this movie go buy it like it's it's a lot of fun um you know not perfect but i'm so glad that i got to talk to you about this because um i know that like you're gonna you're gonna um like warts and all 
there's a lot. I have a feeling that there's a lot more that you really like about this film than um, you don't. Right. And it is, it's a lot of fun and it's a perfect film. They almost put it like you put it on with like a group of people and just have fun with it. You know, like it's just, it knows what it is and it, it does, it does it pretty well, but you know, could it have been better? Absolutely. But you know, it's a lot of things. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a, a movie that is worth seeing, especially if you like car movies, revenge films, Charlie Sheen, especially. I mean, if you like Charlie Sheen, see this film. I think this is a, a pretty interesting uh, part of his catalog um, that maybe somebody has no idea about, you know, like if you, if you consider him such a serious actor because of something like platoon, maybe watch this, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it, in the same regard too, it's like, there are a lot of films that have taken notes from a film like this and made something like turbo kid, you know, like, yeah. So see, see this film. Yeah. But, no, like, <laughs> like, did, did you not like turbo kid? I think turbo kid. Was oh no, fun. I love, okay, I love good, turbo good, kid. good, good. I'm just saying that like, the, the, the people that have written scripts like that, that they they have uh, like a love for films like this. Oh, like, for sure. Like no, no. Rape. Yeah. Like that there's there's a way to do nostalgia right. And mm-hmm. like and, and, and again, I know that I'm I sound like a gatekeeper, but yeah, like you know, like if you did if you did like a modern update of the Wraith, like I think I think that'd be a fun film. Like, you know, like I think, you know, there's ways to do that. Um, but it's like again, I don't know. Like there, there's a certain amount of practical effects here that in terms of like the, the car stunts and explosions that you just don't get anymore, which I, which is weird to me just thinking, I mean, I understand that somebody did die while making this, so I'm not trying to dismiss that, but we, we talk about like the hitcher. There's so much car stuff that happens there. You're like, how did anybody live making that film? Right. There's a certain amount of care and experience and understanding that I think we're losing in terms of like um, making these films. And I'm not saying that safety shouldn't be paramount. It should be, but it just, there's something very visceral real, real because you're seeing it in front of you that I think. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, and so I think there's something there, right? Like that, I, I you know, like I've, I've never seen a fast and furious film and I think I'm good. People tell me that it gets fun. I mean, maybe I'm not, I just, it's not, it's not my jam. Maybe it should, maybe it is. I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing out. But like, I also know that like, it's so, it, there's a lot of that computer assist, which I get it. Like, I love superhero films. It's like, yeah, I get it. People can't fly. I understand. Like, like, like Terry, this weekend, instead of watching like serious films, I watched the flash, you know, I get it. Like I'm a hypocrite, <laughs> you know, but, but if you're going to do like a film with like car stunts, give me goddamn car stunts. Is that yeah. like death proof, right? Give me car stunts. Oh, yeah. Right, like yeah, that, that, uh, death proof is awesome. I love it, death proof. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, it's like th- there is a. I mean, everything is art in its own right. Uh, everything is subjective. Um, I, I just think that there is a different type of art style going on with something like this, and especially when it comes to the editing. Yes. Like, if you are a good editor, you could take what is really dish dog shit sitting in front of you and turn it into possibly a decent watching film. You know, somebody could get something out of it. I mean, how many times uh, do we feel like there has been a film that wasn't really for us that if there was a, a better editor 
Yeah, a more steady hand that maybe right. that yeah. they could they could transform that into a watchable film. Yeah, watchable. I mean, you know, and that's also fair too, movie. because like editors are like that's a thankless job that we need to appreciate more, right? That for God's sake, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and I, I don't have the vocabulary for it because I can I can appreciate it. Like it's 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 like you know. I, I, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that like, I may not have the vocabulary to quantify like what I know is good, but I could tell when it's bad. And it's also, it's bad for a lot of reasons. One, the initial coverage being shot isn't complete. So the editor's given something that they can't, they can't do a good job with. Right. The other thing too, is like, maybe there's pressure to do it a certain way. Like I, I have done some, some editing. I'm talking like lowercase, like very lowercase, some editing, uh, one of my uh, one of my um, assignments in college, um, this is dating me, and when I talked to you about the reference material, it's going to date me even further. Um, we were given um, um, beta tapes, like the actual industrial beta tapes, like you know the ones that yeah. were used for like news gathering. That's not the same thing as like home usage. That had dailies from Gunsmoke, right? That was the editing exercise where we were supposed to do a scene of the main character, like having a fist fight with somebody. Right. And we were given like a close-ups, wide shots, reaction shots. Like we were given like the coverage for that scene. And we were told like no parameters other than complete the scene. So, um, you could make it as, like, as long or short as you want. It could be a single punch. And then the guys like hauled off to town where you could make it like three minutes or somebody I knew, um, decided to, to have fun with it and set it to a beastie boy song and make it a big thing for three minutes of this fist fight. You know, like there's, there's ways to do it. And even though, cause there's a thing, there's, there's a lot of like match cutting in terms of action. There's like eye lines and reaction things. Like there's so much more there. And I'm, I'm talking way too much about all this, but like, you're right. Like, the editing here for the car stuff for the most part is pretty good, right? Like, um, but there's other times where this could have easily been like a jumbled mess and there are bits and pieces that aren't perfect, but you're also dealing with a film that I don't know if the writer director was able to get the exact vision he wanted out of this for reasons. I don't know, but like, I don't think the editing is the problem with this film. So no. I've said too much. No, yeah. no, it's it's it, and and at this point now, since we've said so much, this is kind of up to you as the audience. How did you feel about this film? If you watched it, please give us some feedback. Yes. If, if there's something uh, that you know you kind of like some of these detours, please let us know. Yes. Um, you know what you felt about each one of those, or in particular, like ones that you hated. Like if if you hated this film, please let us know because like I we would we love feedback. Honestly, like it's important for us and we thrive on that information mm -hmm. because it makes us a better podcast. We want to be hated. I'm kidding. No. So, all right. Um, before we get into what we're doing next, um, just as we do here on the show, this, this isn't really quite apply, but we got to rate that twist. One through five, meaning like we saw it from a mile away and five meaning mind blowing. That's not indicative of the, sh the, the movie that we watched. Terry, first time watch. Um, it's just called The Wraith. It's the spirit of vengeance coming, a car coming back, killing people. Where, where are you at twist wise? Uh, I, I would say from the get, the thing that really surprised me is it didn't have anything to do with like aliens or cosmic beings of some sort, because that that's the opening sequence of the four yeah. things hitting each other. I thought there was supposed to be something cosmic. I'm going to give that a five. But if I'm going to guess on the rest of the storyline, 
I'm going to give it a one because that's like, fair no, because it the was film, a revenge storyline yeah, because it so. didn't give you, it didn't really, it didn't really tell you anything at the beginning. Right. Like that makes yeah. compl- so like, it's too uh, yeah. like, it was almost like you get, you were given 30 seconds of a different film <laughs> to intro <laughs> the film you watch. That's fair. Um, so yeah. Um, knowing like, I mean, even, I mean, just, I don't know, like it doesn't hide what it is. It does not hide for one second what it is. Uh, so I'm going to give that a one. That's not, that's not indicative of the film. Um, you know, mm. like when I mentioned the crow, like the crow is the crow. Like, you know, you're in, you're always, you're going to cheer for the person wronged, right? To get vengeance. That's not oh, a yeah. bad thing. Um, and this film isn't, it isn't smart enough to give us a twist in, um, the presentation, which I will say that the crow is smart enough to kind of twist it a little bit. Um, because unfortunately, behind the scenes with the loss of Brandon Lee, they had to change the narrative significantly. Uh, and the, the decisions they made to make his invulnerability tied to the crow versus what they had originally planned is like, you want to talk about like taking something in post and fixing it. That is just, it makes no sense how that film is as good as it is considering. Oh yeah. yeah and it's so. one of my favorite films of oh. all time. Top time. Yeah. Um, you can, you can um, please uh, talk to my wife. She's like, I don't think I've ever seen it. Or you can just yell at me. And I'm like, I think we've seen like, like we've not watched the crow. And she's like, I don't think we have. I'm like, I'm frustrated right now. Um, I might consider a divorce over this. I don't know. Um, yeah, they, I, I, you know what? Uh, you need a character witness that this is messed up. Dude. <laughs> something, something it, happened uh, here. It can this, rain. this is not the woman you married. Yeah, it can rain all the time right now. So <laughs> that's anyway. So yeah, that's going to do it for our discussion about the Wraith. Um, I'm hoping to fix the, I swear to Christ. I, I'm sh- I, I, it's one of those things I'm like, I've watched the crow so much. Like maybe not recently, but I watched it over and over again. Like when I had it on like home video and then DVD that's like, I've seen that movie so many times. I'm like, I'm like, I thought I showed it to my wife. I don't know. Anyway. So whatever. And the fact that she remembers the Wraith more than the crow also thinks I've done a disservice to the world in general. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There's a bit of confusion there. Going yeah. On for yeah, me, at, least, yeah. at least at this Bo- point. Both have really good soundtracks, right? Let's put it that way. Um, so. Yeah. Well, um, one is a, a little bit better than the other. Yeah. I, you know, and if Ernie Hudson <laughs> would have showed up in the Wraith, that would have been kick-ass. But yeah. So, there's no STP on this one. So. Yeah. There's no big empty, right? Yeah. That's. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, so. All right. That's what we do for discussion of the Wraith. Um, you guys could find us on Facebook at strange highways. I promise you I'll post that weird edited gift that I, I think it's funny. So that will show up. Uh, you guys can email us directly at, um, invading podcast at uh, gmail.com. It's not invading Christ, not invading podcast. You could do that too, but strange highways podcast, gmail.com. Terry, I'm sorry. My shows get confused. I apologize. Um, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Stitcher is no longer a thing. It stopped as of today, as of this recording. So please, wherever you find your podcast, I then what I'm now using the one I've been one of my other ones I've been using for quite a while is um it's a podcast addict. Um, it's easy to go find shows and add RSS feeds there. But whatever you get your podcast, whether it be Google, Apple, um, RIP Stitcher, uh, Bucket of Pods, um, you know the Dollar Store. Just if you like the show, rate and review it, and then let other people know, that'd be greatly appreciated. And Terry, where can people find us other than me talking about Invasion of the Podcast? Folks, you can bring that tiger blood energy yes. to, to Instagram still. Uh, we are still on Instagram um, until they change the name of that too. Ridiculous <laughs> shit going on with social media. But, you know, until it gets bought up by the powers that be, uh, it's still Instagram. So, yeah, we're on there. We're having fun. Um, like, 
like Paul says, like just please go out and find wherever you can like do a rating. That's going to help us tremendously. I mean, we still are looking for people. If you are listening to this on Spotify, which thank you if you are, but please give us some kind of star re, uh, like reaction. Like uh, it's it's really important to us build an algorithm because right now there is such a plethora of podcasts out there that we are the small fish in the big pond. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but like, you know, like if you enjoy this, just let people know. That's all I can ask for. You know, that's all we could ask for. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week, but let's talk about what we're doing. Um, let's see here. Um, not, not, not next week, but the week after. And now, Mr. Serling. So Labor Day weekend's coming up. We're taking the week off. Uh, I do apologize for the delay of this episode. However, it's a holiday weekend. It's three day weekend. Let's and everybody. Paul's got to pick some apples. Oh, Jesus um. Christ! Yeah, um, <laughs> I I can't tell you. I've been delaying it. I've been I've been just like gnashing my teeth. I have three. That sounds like I have this like large swath of land, which you know I do not. Um, yeah. If, and, if you are a new listener and you have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Paul has uh, two big apple trees in his backyard. Three. That, two and a half. Is, is it yeah. three? All right. It's three. Well, they're, they're, they fruit they're, every so often. Every this other is year. year that it's fruiting yeah, again. It's all those uh, goddamn sepulas, right? That's what's happening. Oh, my God. Um, and yeah. I, 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 I'm. I will take as many as I can handle. Please come over there. Good they're Lord. Right now, please. <laughs> you have so many that drop. I get so mad because, well, one, yes, they, they fall on the ground. And two, um, somebody has to pick them up. <laughs> and then, but if I don't pick them up in time, they get mealy and weird and gross and full of bees. And so I'm out there in my backyard, you know, you know, just being a grown up, angry at apples. You know, that's like, I made the joke uh, at our, uh, one of our text chains about like, I now know what angry orchard means. It's my backyard. So yeah, that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, everybody enjoy Labor Day weekend. We're coming back. We're going to be talking about the film Carnival of Souls. Uh, yes, it's one that you've talked about (laughs) recent, like a lot. I mean, not just, not just last episode, but like you hold this, uh, film up in high regard as well. You should, um, this is the one, is this the one from 62? Is this the one we're going to be watching? I believe it is 62. Yeah. It's, it is like, it is one of those films that leaves such a, a, an impression on you, but has no right being as good as it is for the fact that there's like no big writers on it, no good, like big directors. No, like there's nobody attached to this film that we've talked about in the past. It just exists in its own world and is a fantastic film. Yeah. And again, it will leave a lasting impression on you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be the next episode we're getting into. The film is available everywhere because it's public domain. So that's good. Watch it on YouTube for free. Uh, it's an hour and twenty minutes. Um, also, forgot to mention. Forgive me, Terry. Real quick, I'm going to pimp this real quick before we're out the door. Um, I did post this on our social media page. If you're looking for more of me being an idiot, I was um, recently on an episode of Talk Without Rhythm with uh, Theo Goro and uh, Trevor from the Theater War podcast. It was uh, episode 684. Uh, he, um, El Goro was doing his almost action August. He covered most action movies most of the month, but then he had a Patreon pick. That's, that's, there you go. That's the joke. Um, we covered um, 1969's The Wild Bunch, one of my favorite Westerns of all time. God damn, that's, that's a kick-ass film. And that's a Peck and Paw film. And then we covered another Peck and Paw film from 75 called The Killer Elite. Um, not so much. 
Uh, the film is a little, little, it's very weird, right? But yeah, it's, um, it, yeah, anyway, it was a fun, 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 fun conversation. So if you want to hear me babble on more and more at the mic, you go check that out as well. But yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week, good holiday. Um, and we'll see you in two weeks for Carnival of Souls. Uh, in the meantime, I don't know, don't go racing for pinks because that, like, that you'd be a dick. I guess that's where I got with that. Uh, don't murder anybody. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>